Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello and welcome back to Core. It is Core, talking video games, stuff around the industry, a little E3 wrap-up, and who knows what else. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. Fellas, it was quite a week we had. We came, we laughed, we came again. Wait a minute. We, I, I, that sounds bad. I didn't mean that to sound bad. That sounded bad. We, we came to the E3 stream. Thank but you. That's it wasn't an inaccurate description of my week, so, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Not entirely inaccurate, um, but yeah, we we had a busy one, and we did a lot of coverage, and if you listen to the audio version of the podcast, you probably felt a little inundated um, with all of that, and our patrons as well, we've been putting up, up on that feed, so I uh, hope you enjoyed it. It's basically us talking over a lot of content, and um, today, I watched the Microsoft Extended Edition thing that they did today. I don't know what that was called exactly. I can't remember now. Uh Microsoft Showcase Extends. Something like that. Anyway, the point of that thing was, hey, remember all those trailers and stuff we showed? What if we showed those again and then talked about them? Uh, So that was basically it. And so I decided not to put that one It's a victory lap. (laughs) It kind of was, yeah. Um, It was well done. Like I really liked the host, and now I can't remember his name. Um, I followed him on Twitter now, but that's not his real name. Anyway, that guy was great. Outside of that, though, it was a lot of sort of, remember that trailer we showed you for you know horizon uh car five horizon zero dawn five what's it called forza horizon Horizon five Five. (laughs) remember that well here it is again and not only now is it again we're going to tell you about all these cool reflections and the tech involved and the blah 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 and so some of that was interesting but it was a lot of sort of well like Bo said it felt like a victory lap so I think that's a cool way to do it, though, because honestly, of all the press conferences that I saw, Microsoft was my favorite because it wasn't a weird, like, 20-minute deep dive on one game, and then here's a bunch of trailers we don't have time to talk about because we just, we we lingered too long on something. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, check this out, check this out, check this out, check this out, and then, hey, if you want to go and find out more information and see more, that's a separate thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, for all, I don't know anybody who, who watched all of the events and didn't think that theirs was perhaps the best put together. And that impression isn't just, you know, production value. The impression was they came to play like they had stuff to show and there was a ton of it. And we're going to get into all of that stuff today. Um, not super detailed, but we'll talk about the things we thought kind of won E3 in our hearts, the games that stuck out for each of us and why we are most interested in those. And maybe some of those we think sort of missed the mark and didn't quite uh, grab us because there were plenty of those. And there's a couple that really grabbed me, but names I can't remember. So it's my own little uh, thing that I have to deal with. a lot of games. Oh, it was a ton. It was a ton. But it just gets so... So many that you just, you know, it's easy to forget what the frick they said. I guess I now understand how it feels when a podcast listener writes in and says, hey, you guys need to name the games you played again after you're done talking. Don't just tell us at the beginning. Because yeah, that's not a bad that. idea, actually. I've yeah. been on the receiving end of that, too. Yeah. yeah so it's sure. one of those yeah. things. A uh, quick note about the videos that we did, and, and then we'll move on. The coverage that we did of E3 video. Um, there was a lot of DMCA threats and stuff going on this week to the degree that E3, the organization that runs E3, the ESA, put out a email to a whole bunch of people, including Jeff Keeley, hilariously, um, and said, hey, probably don't co-stream anything. Or if you do, just know you're going to get targeted for DMCA takedowns uh, for some reason this year more in particular. And they weren't real clear on it. It was also the day E3 started, so it was a little bit of a weird kind of out-of-nowhere warning. And... Um, a whole lot of people got them. I got two different emails, um, but I also got one from Twitch saying, hey, we're going to run a channel on our Twitch gaming channel that will strip out any DMCA bait music type stuff, and you'll get to watch that stuff without it. So co-stream there, and you won't run into any problems. But they even said after that, when you're done, still probably delete your VODs because we don't know for sure about anything. Um, I appreciated that because it, like, it felt like Twitch was on my side. You know, and on the side of, of of streamers and content creators in this little weird moment, Microsoft put out a cool statement about how they were supporting some of this stuff. On the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> freaking Nintendo, notoriously always bad at this, but Nintendo puts out a statement that says, yeah, we'd really like it if you, we love that you want to have reactions to our, our announcement and our, and our video thing. So watch it, but only show your reactions. No audio or video from the event, please. Just your face reacting to what we say. It's a, it's a special kind of place in hell for people who t- are litigious about their ads not being redistributed. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> yes. Right? Like, I, I get the game. I get the movie, the TV, the content, streaming even. I can even, I don't like it, but I understand the concept. You're streaming our game. That's not, we, you need a license to stream the video game. It's an ad for the game. Right. Its sole purpose in existence is for a hot minute when it's distributed everywhere as marketing. And so if people are sharing that for free, you're at people, everyone should be fully erect or, well, maybe that's the wrong way of putting it, but you know what I mean? Like just fully like, I want this. Like this is, you know, we're happy. We are getting engagement. It is being redistributed. So many people are seeing this. I've done a good job. Where's my bonus? And so they're like, please don't show it. It's against the law. And I'm like, (laughs) 
like, did you time travel to the future thinking you'd make a video game company and not understand what's happening in the it's universe? So like, dumb. I just, it's so dumb. It's so, it's so bad. It makes me want to protest, not buy them their stuff, but you know, this it's, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. That's we'll the problem with Nintendo, that. right? They make crack, but at the same time, we are annoyed about how they handle their promotion of their crack. But, like, but yeah, like that was a really, that was a really weird stance to take. They've already been weird in the, in the past. I kind of thought we were over it at least to that extent, but um, so we decided not to do the Nintendo coverage. It's like, well, that's annoying. So we're not going to do that. So no free PR for you for any of the people that wanted to hear us talk yeah. over. It. So <laughs> excuse know. us while we put our own foot in our mouth, yeah. or you know, yeah. chop off her nose in spite of her face. Here, don't mind us. I think part of that is, you know, the Nintendo of America and Nintendo of Japan are separate entities in a lot of ways, and that includes, I think, in some ways culturally within the corporation itself is very different um and i think but it's i think there's mixed messaging i just think you get a weird message from japan the u.s yeah, tries to japan react Japan was the one who said don't do it yeah and but, america was like eh, you'll probably be fine but the, the <laughs> japanese stream like we do here too right like i know we don't watch japanese streams here so we don't have a sense of what that's like but I assume there are people in Japan doing Japanese reaction videos to the latest Hello Kitty thing that's launched, or there's a trailer for the new line of whatever. Like that's got to be a common thing there too. Yeah, like, I would think so. I wonder if we have anyone who's like familiar with Japanese culture or who is Japanese, or can tell us if this is also weird to the Japanese. Because well, there it's... is definitely a clear cultural issue with it because PlayStation Four had that we want to make it easy for people to stream. But then you look at American games versus Japanese games. American games are like, yeah, sure, broadcast it. Go. We'll turn off the broadcast if you're going to be entering a password or buying something or in a menu or something like that. But then think about you streaming Final Fantasy, Boat. The entire last chapter of Final Fantasy VII Remake, you couldn't stream. Yeah. Because Japan well, is weird about that. That's their like, own brand of dumb. They're but, like, but, no, we, we, we won't do it. And I mean, you've you've heard stories about them in the like early days of the internet going, don't post screenshots on your website. Yeah, like just don't. Like yeah. it's always been. So dumb. they've always been a little behind the curve with regards to that sort of thing, and I I don't think that trend has fully come around there necessarily. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's really frustrating, but as a result, we didn't do that one. I mean, I was interested in what they showed, and we'll talk about it. I mean. Some of what they talked about ended up on a couple of our best of E3 lists even. Um, but they do themselves a disservice by acting like they don't live in 2021 and don't understand how the internet works. No, it's just really that's... weird to me. Like I can understand a part of it was, well, we don't want you to show it because there's music that we had to license and they'll, t- they'll take your channel down. We're doing this for you. But they're not even saying that. This is all their own content. Nintendo's not playing third-party audio. They're not playing third-party video. It's all their own <laughs> right. stuff. And they want right. to sell more stuff. You know how you do that? More eyeballs. It's a commercial. Bo's right. To be perfectly honest, in this day and age, I find there's very little excuse for the industry not licensing the relicense. Well, that like, too. We want to yeah. use you, we want to use your music for an ad or for a game, and you also accept the condition that it might be restreamed. Yeah, Goodbye. that should be like, part of the deal. I agree. Like yeah. it, that that shouldn't be a consumer problem whatsoever. Like it's 2021. Your time to control digital media through physical property is over the real estate that boom is is bust like it's all infinitely shareable and there's just there's these clinger ons that are just trying to 
just stuck in the past at this point, and it's annoying. They're trying to yeah, NFT I think that specifically now. with the music industry, you've got a lot of people who, back in the day, they got to be fun middlemen to a lot of the process, and then all of a sudden technology caught up, and they realized their jobs were about to become obsolete, yeah. and the only alternative they had was to become extremely protective and litigious about their properties yeah. and until they can figure it. out how to nft you know this you were posted this week scott about nfts <laughs> yeah, you, um, you, made, you, you were just like yeah it, this is kind of like multi-level marketing oh yeah that's how it feels um, to me i mean i'm funny not because look, I've been, let, me, let me clarify that real quick because i had to clarify it a bunch on twitter when i said so i basically said i figured out what nfts the culture around nfts reminds me of not the technology yeah. itself or the blockchain or any of that that stuff there's all kinds of uses for it where you don't even talk about in public because we're not there yet. But but NFTs in particular, non-fungible tokens, the, all of that discussion, when I talk to crypto bros, I feel like I'm having a conversation who's trying to, uh, with somebody who's trying to sell me on a multi-level marketing scheme. Someone's trying to sell yeah. me Amway. And I hate, hate MLMs with the fiery sun of a thousand moons. That makes yeah, no sense. Everyone should. Like it's, yeah. it's meant to be predatory. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I got that from a book. What it also got me thinking about, and I didn't end up posting this because like this is too elaborate for Twitter, <laughs> not a good use of Twitter, um, is that part of this non fungible token thing? I was watching a stream about, it and they're saying the 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 fun tech, the fun underlying technology isn't about currency; it's about being able to track anything, like plane tickets. Your plane flight gets canceled; it's immediately checked. Like the blockchain can be used for non currency applications, and like NFTs with art is just one of them. But it got me thinking that eventually that music industry, and this is just me imagining, and maybe I shouldn't give them ideas, will produce non-fungible tokens for individual song downloads. So when you go to iTunes and you buy your Drake song, it will register and play on authorized devices by checking it against a catalog. And if you happen to give that particular MP3 to someone, copy it in some way then it's detected as piracy and shut down or not playable or like there's this whole like we can track all digital media now through these sort of serial numbered things that kind of scared me about all this and i really don't like i didn't like having that thought well i'm gonna play this just because this is a good time for it um but (laughs) i also i also don't disagree because um i think people are going to try to i guarantee you there are people in boardrooms or zoom rooms right now saying Hold on now. What if this technology would make it so uh, no one could ever copy that that uh, copy of that Blu-ray? And like whatever. Yeah. Like there are people thinking about it, and I'm not even pro piracy. I'm pro knock it off with the bullshit. Is what I am. So pro internet and the internet was a free op- open internet. Like that's it's a philosophy, right? And it just runs counter against the structure of property that exists in the world. Unfortunately, yeah. That's also but, pretty weird. Yeah. And people who say, wouldn't you like to have a verify a verification that the Mona Lisa that you bought is the right one? I'm like, no one's buying the Mona Lisa. Quit using this as the example. This is the worst freaking straw man <laughs> argument I've ever heard. It's so dumb. Yeah. I hate it. Anyway, uh, I'm sure we'll get some feedback on this. Because they're I'm just everywhere. saying Nintendo will be among the first to, to do this, probably. Maybe. Maybe. They get, they'll do it after do it after Mario Golf because I'm ready for that. Bring it in. I'm breathing that I mean, in this the, coming week. The, is, is it still cartridges for the Switch? Yeah, or yeah, I mean, download. Yeah. You can download <laughs> digital and stuff. So no, you can download, but they still have the the physical retail business, which is charming in its own right. But you know, well, also, technically they all do. Sony and Microsoft, everybody still sells discs, but 
It's just getting less and less and less. Oh, Microsoft still does? Oh, yeah. I thought they completely ejected themselves from it. No, in your case, the S does not have a drive. Oh, um, but the X does. The X does. And uh, but but you're not wrong about the the trajectory we're on is 100% that like we are, we are heading toward a time where not only will everything mostly be digital, but I think we're heading toward a time where mostly it'll be streamed and there'll be a generation of kids. I think Tom Merritt said that this week on our show on TMS, he came on and said there'll be a generation of kids who think we are weird for wanting digital download versions of a game. Why would you download oh, it when you just play it? Like they're going to say, just that. turn on the box and it's yeah, yeah. I get it. They're going to, yeah, I believe that. it with GeForce now it's, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, it is. So not far from it. I already feel weird whenever I get on my high horse about the PlayStation, uh, their service where it's you stream the games, and I'm like, I don't want to stream it. I want to download it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I, as I make that argument, I'm like, oh, there's people rolling their eyes and going, all right, old man, on this <laughs> argument. But well, I just don't. What? I just don't think we're necessarily there yet, and I, I think I should be allowed to download chrono cross and stuff I, I do too that's the point is that we are in a weird middleware point and so you're not wrong and they're not wrong at the same time and i'm by the way with you on this i would much rather download the game than play it streamed in the extreme situations i got a tablet with me or a old notebook and i want to play in a hotel awesome let's try that streaming thing that sounds great but if i'm in front of my console or in front of my pc i don't i mean i'll just let's download it i got huge hard drives hard drives are cheap it's so no big deal um that's true. And at the same time, this thing is coming and it will be true one day. So I don't think there's any problem with having one foot in in one side and the other. My feet used to be, it used to be your foot was in digital and physical. And my foot is out of physical completely. I haven't bought a disc or a cartridge for anything in I don't know how long. Like I think the last one was a Switch cartridge and it was because it was 20 bucks cheaper to get it that way than it was because it was on sale on Amazon or something. So... So yeah, like we're, we'll get there and it's fine. And when it comes, it'll make sense. It's not like we're going to be ripped out of our comfort zone. The comfort zone will shift with this and it will be comfortable when we get there. And the internet will have to catch up for a whole lot of people and access to better broadband. There's a million things that have to fall into place before it's 100% the thing. But we'll get there. And then that day, John, you'll say, yeah, it's better today. I like it. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. But right now, well, I mean, right now we're just in a place where everything wants to connect to my Wi-Fi, and it's like it's such a mess. It's yeah. Like, oh, we got too many devices on the Wi-Fi. It's like, but my Wi-Fi handles like fifteen devices, and then you go down the list because everybody wants to be on your Wi-Fi now. Yeah. Um, depending on how smart your home is, you know, even your appliances are wanting to be on the Wi-Fi now, and it's it's just ridiculous and it's like no i don't want my video games to rely on my wi-fi connection i know how unreliable that is at the moment yeah. but eventually that'll go away and then we i don't have to be an old man about it right. i can play chrono cross wherever i want <laughs> wherever you go but chrono cross really will be matters. there yeah exactly yeah i knew we'd get I'd get to chrono cross eventually um all right well let's get into these things that we saw this week what we liked what we didn't and more Started the week off or the coverage off with that uh, Jeff Keeley business, and to be honest, I kind of forgot about that. Um, I and I think maybe rightly so, I forgot about it because at the end of the day or at the end of the week, anything they showed was either already known or was going to be showed here in these other conferences. It kind of gets rendered a little moot by the end of the thing. And I'm, I'm just, I don't want to bash it. Cause I actually really like that. He's doing it. I, I also like the energy behind it. I think Jeff's got a, like a legit desire to 
sort of pull away from you know the the branded mess that is E3 and make a little bit more of an open attempt with the Summerfest. But at the end of E3, I kind of forgot everything there was to say about that Summerfest. Like, what was there? I don't know. Did yeah, we... with the exception of Elden Ring, I don't think there was anything that had a pretty strong showing anywhere else. Oh right, that was his, that was their big reveal. It was Elden Ring there. I forgot which isn't gonna isn't gonna scratch an itch for you, but for a lot of people, that yeah, was for a be lot of a, people, it would sure, one. sure. And then they you know showed more of that and have said more since and stuff. But it was just easy to sort of forget all of that. And it's I don't know if that's unfortunate or how I really actually feel about it. But there was a ton of stuff. I liked a lot of what I saw. Uh, for me, it started early with that um, uh, Guerrilla Collective thing which most of which you can see on Steam and a lot of it's in demo form now and coming down the road and a couple of them are even games that are out or in early access now. But it was basically a collective of indie developers and their games that are coming. And for me, that's always exciting. I love to see where indies are at and what people are doing. And there was some really cool stuff shown in there. Really hard for me to narrow down a specific game. But in the case of John and I, we had big agreement on something that I would call sort of, I don't know, straddles the line between indie and retro and whatever. And that's Metal Gear, uh, sorry, Metal Gear, Metal Slug <laughs> Metal Tactics. I did it again. Freaking Metal Gear. He was popping into my head. But anyway, a tactics game set in the middle Metal Slug universe. Uh, both of us freaked out. It was like, yeah. shit, look at that. I'll play that. Let's play it right now. Well, it has been Metal Slug has been. I've loved the sprite work in those games forever. I mean, it it has always been kind of this gorgeous uh, kind of game that I'm just horrible at. You know, (laughs) it's I've I've never been good at it. And so Metal Slug has always been that thing that's like prettier to look at than it is to play. And now we're getting into a game that's a little more in my wheelhouse and it kind of feels like the best of both worlds. Like now it's a game I really want to play and I still get all that beautiful art on top of it. And that's just, I'm so excited for it. I didn't think I would have been that excited for it. They even said it and I was like, Oh, okay. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, wait a minute. Why am I, why am I going? Oh, okay to this. This is a hundred percent up my alley. This is a game type i like and an art style i love let's go yeah same i got real excited about it bo you weren't there for this one did you uh you have any interest no. in metal gear ta- metal slug tactics Not metal gear? slug tactics i think i missed this i'm watching what you put up on the video feed now um i don't have any yeah i don't i don't know no love for old metal uh, metal slug you know cool yeah side scrolling um, animated sprite loving any of that stuff Not i guess really i just that. don't have any uh connection to the rest of the series so it would be a new thing for me yeah and uh i mean it looks cool but you, uh I don't you know. like you like your turn-based strategies though you might enjoy that i do i do but there there are plenty of them i think that that's going to be a recurring theme for me this week is <laughs> i have a backlog like <laughs> the length of new jersey <laughs> Yeah. In, in games to play so i'm like i look at all these new games and i'm like don't got time for that don't got time for that don't it's hard to like just be sitting there and be hyped i get stressed i'm like i hope this doesn't look good so i have to add it to my backlog <laughs> yeah no i, I feel you yeah. so metal gear didn't really ju- or metal, see it's metal hard. slug it's hard <laughs> metal slug solid didn't really jump out at me. <laughs> it's hard not to say it i can't freaking help it yeah. plus plus john metal every gear. monday john and i are playing resident evil village and every time I pick up a damn 
uh, scrap heap or whatever. There's like a little gear there, and I always say Metal Gear, and then he'll say Metal Gear. It's just in my head. So Metal Gear. If you got word, if metal's in your name, I'm just gonna say gear after the word metal. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Thanks, That's Kojima. pretty much it. Yeah. What a nonsense word that is now just ingrained in us as completely normal. <laughs> you know what gear. I mean? Like it's so stupid. I don't know. Why Metal Gear Solid. We're like, yeah, that's. Why did we let it happen? Name. It's our fault. We let it happen. Like Kojima is such the troll. The dumbest ideas on the planet. Put him in a great bunch of video games, and now we're screwed. We all think it's normal. Well, it's yeah, not normal. Us. It's not normal. It was. It was a good game. Metal Gear Solid. Oh yeah, hell yeah. All it was the bee's knees at the time. Freaking five is my one of my favorite games of the, of the generation. I wish I kind of feel like going back to it sometimes, but. Then I stop myself and like, Bo, I go, look at my backlog. I have other games to play. Yeah. I play Do I have those. time for this old game? Maybe not. I yeah. Don't know. Uh, Sir Whiskey Jack in the chat says, we are drowning in entertainment. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's yeah. true. It's an embarrassment of riches is where the phrase comes from. And I think we're in that mode right now in games. The game space is just full of everything you'd ever want from anyone. And new services like Game Pass and others that are like making this powerful argument to play where you want, when you want, for as least amount of money as possible. Like, it's kind of nuts. A movie backlog is easy to clear out. You know, you got right. 10 movies you want to watch. You figure out where they are. You take a weekend or two, and you clear them out. Yep. You watch Game them. Game backlog at 100 a clip, and you've got six of them, and you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> Better not make any plans. Yeah, and if you like RPGs, like, what are you going to do for the next 800 hours of your life? Like... Yeah. And then, you know, if you have a job, you work for a living, you got a family, you, got, you know, so you're getting, what, 10, 20 hours a weekend? Like, yeah, it's a lot. It takes a long time to get through just an average game. And uh, I mean, you know, I think I think all these poster children for games are bad examples because they're on YouTube and Twitch and they just have time to play all day. Right. And That's their perspectives are not the perspectives of, you know, the average user. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stressful. Yeah, you can't, can't you can't compare yourself to, I don't know ninja or whoever because that's their job like literally their yeah. job and i'm not but so they sure. are the they are the loudest voices like the like the kinds of feedback that you hear a lot are about game balance yeah. and stuff to do with the game all great feedback not going to talk but like there's very little youtube videos like i can't play all these games i only have 20 hours of developers stop making crazy bloated ass games and make like reasonable sized games you know like no, nobody with all the time in the world in their hands is ever going to make that criticism. So it doesn't get heard, I don't think. Uh, Tally asked us, uh, kind of a side question here, any good turn-based suggestions? I mean, you can't go wrong with XCOM 2. Just get that whole collection and play that until your face bleeds. It's so good. Yeah, with the expansion, yeah. that's really... It's that amazing. really adds something to it. That expansion was so cool. It's amazing. I also think... Well, no, Tally, I know you played it, but tier, uh, gear, Tears... Gears Tactics. Tears of War. Tears of War. Uh, Metal Tear Solid. Um, no, uh, Gears Tactics was such a nice surprise. I loved that game so freaking much. And uh, later in the show, I'll tell you, well, we have an email about it. And I also played a little bit more of this five-year-old, no, I'm sorry, six-year-old game now called Invisible Ink that never gets never gets old for me. Never. It's turn-based. It's super configurable, infinitely replayable. Uh, looks as good today as it did the day it came out. You'd swear it's a brand new game. I can't say enough about that game, but but I will there's say more a, about it later. So, yeah. There's also a series called Disgaea, which is a very good turn-based game. Goes extremely deep. If you want a game that you can 
just dive into and possibly get lost in that's one of them the it is known for its insane depth yeah so mario and rabbits that is, one's is awesome solid yeah or so, sorry sharon's also saying mario and rabbits is good and they just announced a new one of those i should be more excited about the sequel but i felt like it was already coming um and then i mean you can start counting every rpg that uses turn-based tactics but I don't know if that's wise. I mean, if you want something that's really focused on turn-based, the names we've given you are good. Maybe add to that like Wasteland 3 I think is awesome. But it's also Wasteland 3 is like a full-blown kind of Fallout RPG. And for that matter, Fallout 1 and 2 are amazing turn-based RPGs. So Fallout Tactics just got added to Game Pass. Uh, yeah. That oh, one yeah. is your turn-based tactical game. Wasn't there so. a game called Brother... Or what was it called? Uh, something Brotherhood or brotherhood of the steel brotherhood of steel yeah steel brotherhood <laughs> whatever it is but there was a there was a period or there was a game that was a standalone top down 2d or three quarter view 2d looking game and it would be like the last one until three that was just some kind of weird multiplayer thing or something but do i remember this I wrong about, did that exist i don't know about multiplayer uh, I know they did a tactic one that was the the tactics one that was separate, but I don't know about because you played the tactics one. You said something about that the other day, right? You thought yeah, that I was thought that was I thought that was Fallout. I was playing Fallout Tactics, and I thought that was what Fallout was. Gotcha. Okay. Well, <laughs> point being, oh uh, yeah, Solis, that Celasta game is very much one of these. There's a ton of them. This is both point. I think <laughs> there's so many. I mean, there's there's a lot, but you could also run into that hole. You're looking for a specific taste, and you have a hundred flavors, like ice cream flavors, and none of them are the taste you're looking for. Yeah. Like if you played Divinity Original Sin two, loved it, and want another game like that, everything else is going to be lacking. That there's a reason that game got a really high review. It's because there are other turn based games out there, but none of them will be as satisfying or as fun as that best example. You know, like you'll get sort of half of it. If you're a fan of the genre, it's one thing. But like I find sometimes like I want a good card battler and I tried a whole bunch of card battlers. I'm like, yeah, they're all really good and well worked on, but not quite the one I want. And you're just like, you feel like you're being ungrateful, but that's how you feel. And it's that's just what you yeah, feel. Yeah, that's, that's all. I have that all so, the time with with certain certain games. You know, of different I want an genres. RPG. You try 20 RPGs and you're like, these aren't the RPG I want to play. They're not the RPGs you're looking for, you might say, in a Star Wars voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all nice. right, what else? We had, They showed Redfall. That looked really great. I'd put that on my yeah, list. Yeah, it's on mine, too. In a, in a world where everybody is doing a shooter of some kind, usually mm-hmm. against zombies or just regular dudes, or your just regular dude shooter now has aliens in it for some reason, yeah. uh, vampires felt very fresh Yeah. to just... Just suddenly be like, well, what if vampires? But so, also very uh, stylistic but, vampires, which I think makes all the difference. Yeah. I didn't want just pretty people. I wanted weird ideas, and that that trailer showed me some weird effing vampire shit, and I'm into that. That's yeah. Arcane doing it too, right? That's yeah. Redfall. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It he, looks that actually looks pretty interesting. Do we, do we get gameplay? I saw the um, cinematic trailer. But. Mm. No, and also uh, that not in anything I saw, unless they released it separate. But the Microsoft I thing agree today with you, did though, not show it. But it's so. a refreshing take. Yeah, yeah. Get those yeah. big long yeah. arms and just I don't know something about it is different enough to make me go, okay, I'm I'm into this kind of vampire. I don't want just pretty vampires. I'm not into that. And but. the the heroes too. The vampire hunters seem to have 
lasery tools. It's not just uh, you know Joe, Bob, and Jill with <laughs> you know guns and knives. Like the, you know, there's like laser shots and gizmo. They're like Ghostbusters, basically. So. Yeah, yeah, it looked good. John immediately was like, "What'd you say about the?" There was a dude that looked like a rogue dude, and you were like, "Oh, that's me." And we're a hood. Oh yeah, they yeah. they they know what kind of class to put in the game. For me. <laughs> they had, gotta... I had that thought exactly when I saw Hood Guy. I'm like, if we played this game, John would play that guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He stealths. He's got a little raven as a as a companion. He's a sniper. I was like, okay, you just checked all my boxes. Yep. For me, it's that demolition dude. I don't know what his name was. We'll call him Bob. But he did like cool explosive stuff, and that's always my jam if if I can be that class in a game like this. But for those people that wanted Prey 2 or they wanted some sort of follow-up to um, their other, uh, what's their game called? Not un- undeliverable, uncharted, un- <laughs> undeliverable. What's it called? Ah, it's the one that with would the be mask. A great game with the mask. It's it's the same. I play it in an Outlook all the time. <laughs> it's the Dishonored. Gosh dang it. <laughs> Undeliverable. I do this all the time. That was the Academy Award-winning Western with Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah, undeliverable, amazing film, really good stuff. Um, yeah, Dishonored. They don't. They're not working on any Dishonored that we know of. So this is fine. I'm I'm happy to see what's up. But it seems to be there's a real tendency with this and Back for Blood and that other space shooter whose name I forget. They showed some more of that today. Uh, There's a real push right now for everybody to come up with the next Left for Dead. Uh, thing. So there's a lot of nostalgia for that. And of course, for whatever reason, Valve isn't one of them. They should be. But because they don't know what the number three is, they they don't have a sequel going. But everybody wants one of those. And I feel like uh, Red... What is it? Red... Uh, Red sorry. Fall. Red Fall is, the, is that. One of those. And I'm in. Because blood is red. And if it falls, it's scary. Yeah. Red Fall. Yeah. I like that this studio is really going for the studio that creates the most games Scott can't remember the name of. I can't do it. Between Dishonored and Redfall, nothing. (laughs) But you never forget they're called Arcane. I've never heard you mess up the Arcane. No, I I know Arcane. Arcane's easy for some reason. I don't know why. My arcane knowledge. Uh, like you've never been like uh, Arkansas studio, I think. You know, like it never happens. You always get it right. <laughs> Arkansas with their hot prey series. Love those guys. <laughs> anyway, so that's a cool game. Looking forward to that. Uh, I also put on here Metroid Dread. We all did. Yeah. Um, let's this talk is about my that. Top. Yeah. Top. Most exciting thing that I I didn't. I just saw it in a trailer, but I was like. This is amazing. So tell us why. What is it that jumped out at you that you were so stoked? So about? I have some questions first, though, because they keep also calling it Metroid Five. Yeah, yeah. But in my mind, the last Metroid was Metroid Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. But there may Metroid have been three on which platform? Metroid Three was Super Metroid was the Super NES. That was Metroid Three. Yeah. Right. Metroid Four was uh that was three uh, that was a wii game oh it was three yeah four, yeah. Was, four was a so wii game, metroid right? was an nes game metroid 2 was a game boy game metroid uh, 3 was a super nintendo game metroid 4 was the game boy advance uh what see, that was shouldn't called oh no it should that game was one of the best metroid games oh, ever. no so but good. i've got i've got a bit of like discrimination metroid handhelds. like if you have a series on a regular console and then you put a numbered entry onto a handheld that entry is not can it should not be held to can interesting 
I so think, this should okay. be Metroid Four in my mind, and maybe Metroid Two should also not be counted in this. In my yeah, mind, I was gonna Metroid say 3. by your by your own rule, two gets thrown out too. Yeah, but. yeah. Not that we shouldn't have them, and not that they're not great. But if when you tell me this is the fifth installment, it makes me feel like I also have to get the handheld. Nobody wants to play Metroid for the story. Let's hope you know. Uh, at least that's maybe that's my old school thinking that it's just a side scrolly fun game, but. Well, also, I I have a question about that. Does that mean that Metroid Prime 4 is a separate numbering then? Because the Prime games... It's separate numbering, but they're all considered canon. Okay, all right. With the exception of whatever the one... So, funny story. The people who are here to kill Chaos, that studio, made a Metroid game uh, not too long ago. That one seems to be cut from the canon. Apparently that one was dumb enough where nobody wants to talk about it or pretend it <laughs> That's existed. a good sign for Strangers <laughs> um, and yeah. But beyond that, um, the Prime series is considered canon, but it isn't part of the official numbering. I think the reason that there is a Metroid 1, 2, 3, 4, and now 5 is because literally the events of the previous game tie directly into what follows so metroid you escape metroid 2 you go back metroid 3 there's a metroid that you escaped with in 2 that ties directly into the opening of super metroid metroid fusion there's a crash and the metroid that you saved bonds itself to samus i don't know how five will relate but like there is a literal to be continued across that series um, which I think is why they have. I guess so. I guess, and we can get into gushing why this is awesome in a second. I guess I just I sort of think of the Metroids as the self-contained games that are more games and not focused on story. Right. Again, this goes back to the Doom thing too, where it's like I don't I don't need lore in every single game. Like sometimes I just need a game that's awesome as a game and it's good enough. And I'm sure this game, will, I'm sure Metroid will be fine. I just I'm like this is the fifth one. Like I got really confused when they were talking in it, so I was curious. Well, for me, Metroid actually represents one of my favorite things in gaming of any kind, and that is I like isolation stories. And even if it's not a story, I like the feeling of, especially in space for some reason, but just sort of it's Ripley and the alien. Like, that's it. And you you are lonely out there. You can turn into a ball. Great. you got missiles and shit, but you really got nobody to talk to. There's something really dreadful about that. I mean, this game's literally called Dread. I don't know, you know. I don't know what they're gonna why that name is there or whatever they haven't really said, but they have they have their version of Mr. X in the game. <laughs> Maybe that's oh yeah. shit! Don't tell me that. No, it's yeah. true. They the, the, the Emmy yeah. robots. Yeah, really. Although they chase gonna, you around the whole. You time? can eventually beat these. I got the impression from what I read that it's not they're not meant to be indestructible. It's okay. just they're gonna chase you around a lot in the game. I can deal with that, and it's two D. It's that's no problem. I can do that. Yeah, two uh, D and three D stuff in two D. I should say because it looks Anyways. really pretty. But I love the, the, that the, world. I love it. It's one of my favorite things in the world. And when I play games like even games like Shipbreaker, one of the things I love about Shipbreaker is it's me alone out in space doing a thing. And there's something about that. Diablo, I feel the same way. Although I enjoy multiplayer, mostly I like Diablo for being lone hero in a horrible place. Nobody can help me, and I've got to do this myself. There's something about that. You'd think I'd like Souls likes for this reason. Because it's kind of that. Um, they're just too punishing. But I love games where I feel isolated and separated and it's bad out there and I gotta figure this out. The lone hero kind of stuff really jives with me, and she's she's one of those heroes or characters for me. I love it. Love it, love it. Well, the game looks fantastic. So just moving on to the good stuff. I've had fond memories of playing tons of Super Metroid and 
We just never got another Metroid on a main console, let's say, for you know the less the less invested in Nintendo hardware. And this <laughs> like this trailer, I was like, holy shit! A, si- a new Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. I think I might want to buy a Switch at it. Like <laughs> this was a this was exciting enough because they're they're going ham on the art and on the touches and you know Nintendo flourish. I'm like, I would play a moody, atmospheric metroid game and buy a console just to play like this this to me was the most exciting thing i've seen come out of switch do you call this a um, system seller for you you would buy a system for this yeah this is huge um yeah you know i'm gonna wait for a review and i don't want to spend all that money if it's trash but um i have a very for the first time ever i see a nintendo game that i have a strong desire to play and spending money on it doesn't feel like an obstacle so much because i I would really want to enjoy this updated experience of the Metroid series. This yeah. underserved Metroid series. If very underserved. That's the other thing is they take forever to do new ones and they're beloved, but Nintendo seems slow to, you know, they're always going to have a new Mario and a new Zelda around the corner when there's new hardware or whatever. There's always going to be that. And Zelda or uh, sorry, Metroid just doesn't for some reason feels like it doesn't hold the same place in their hearts as it does in ours. Um, and there, there's tons of um, side-scrolling games too. But what makes Metroid special is that the the art polish, the touches, like for the generation that they release those games, are usually super well done. Yeah. And and there's a feel to how like there's a reason the genre is called Metroidvania. Like it's the flagship game that all these other games are named after. And yeah. They put a lot of hard. I'm I'm hoping they preserve that tradition with this new release and make a really fun. To, some candy game to play. Yeah. And it looks 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 that way from the trailer, so it makes me excited. The Wraith in the chat says they are still faster than Ubisoft is with new Splinter Cell games. That's true. They're very slow with those. I was sure this is the I, year they were going to announce new Splinter Cell. I was positive, but nope. Didn't happen. John, you were going to say? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to follow what Bo said. Metroid Dread looks great. That Metroid is nintendo's atmos- most atmospheric game Agreed. like yeah. i i can't believe i'm gonna say this because it's a weird thing to admit but i think other people who have played it i you know me scott i don't typically get freaked out by games yeah. the game boy advance game metroid fusion yeah. scared me <laughs> i really? was scared playing that game mm. because essentially the story of that game metroid fusion is samus gets infected with a virus they basically have to cut her out of her suit like i said the metroid that she saved in super metroid bonds itself to her to save her but the armor that she was wearing has a parasite in it and it rebonds together and her suit starts walking around on its own hunting her and it hunts you through the entire game. So you'll go into a room and you'll just hear this freaky sound, this music that plays and you'll just see your own armor walking through the stage looking for you. Oh, weird. And it hunts you through the entire thing. It really is like mm. Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in fact, I think it's even the final boss. So it, it kind of goes full Nemesis with the story and all of that. But, it's genuinely creepy and like you get a good look at it and they do this real weird detailed art and you see that like not only has it mimicked her suit but even through the visor you see a creepy like like irisless version of her face looking out at you Ugh. it's nuts mm. like metroid fusion is really good i think a lot of people kind of blew it off because one it was on game boy advance and two uh the suit looked a little weird um, it was definitely 
unlike the suit in Metroid Dread, which I think is one of the coolest looking, like this is the coolest Samus has ever looked. I love the look of this suit. The Metroid Fusion suit looked a little, a little off. So interesting. I, I think that game, that this series has been amazing. This looks like it's just following right in line. Like it's already looking like it's going uh, for creepy and atmospheric, which is what I think Metroid games need to be. And I couldn't be more excited for it. I mean, keep in mind that the GBA was a more powerful console than the Super Nintendo was. So you're looking at, you know, what it's not. I guess what I'm saying is this. I think them calling this four, you know, making it a mainline game, 100% fine. Um, but I just confirmed it. I watched the opening credits. It is four. So this is technically the next Metroid game, the next mainline Metroid game that we're going to get, which is weird, right? Weird. Yeah, it's a it's a quibbling. It's it's me being uh, art school about it, I guess. That's all right. I totally get it. I totally get it. I wish this was more playable. Like I wish I could play this like Switch's uh, downloadable service they have with the uh, SNES and NES games and all that. Um, you know, Metro Super Metroid's on there, or the old 8-bit Metroid, all that stuff's on there, but they don't have any GBA games on there. And I would love it if they got that stuff on there because I would play a Fusion. Uh, ooh, it is kind of scary, some of this art. Ugh. John's right. That's a creepy-looking game, dude. For, <laughs> for, a two, for a 2D freaking side-scroller, it's kind of creepy. It's Yeah, it's genuinely kind of like... This is the picture of Samus. I don't know if that's what you what you saw but i'm looking at her right now there was one where she was well i think this may have been when she took off on her ship but there's just something about the art style that's very xenophobe um i don't know can't go put my finger on it but this the series has always been known for this right like this dark weird alien nothing's you none of this is familiar territory and i love that about these games so bring it on man this is great i'm stoked and yes system seller and technically, both for a handheld. It's just a switch. <laughs> I know. I saw that comment in chat too, but I, I meant you know flagship. Sure. No, I totally get you. main system. I, I've always looked at the the handhelds as optional. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you were you did you know if you wanted a portable game, fine, but they were less good. I realized twenty twenty one has changed all that dramatically. And sure. And there are yeah. games like this that really stuck out during that during that particular generation the gba generation this was this was a big one this particular game i remember being just reviewed like tens across the board at the time it must have been a big deal because we have so few metroid games like nintendo's (laughs) really good at creating that artificial scarcity by literally not publishing another installment (laughs) for decades it was 2020 it was 2022 it was almost 20 years ago or excuse me 2002 so it was almost 20 years ago it's nuts. Like any game of franchise of theirs that is really good, people love, they don't make sequels or any more games for it unless it's a Mario game. Yeah. Then they're like, that that Mario did adequately. Like, let's make 10 more. Let's yeah. do Mario Golf and Mario this. But, you know. Yeah. Donkey Kong Country was great. Well, speaking of which, uh, the WarioWare, the new WarioWare Get It Together looks great. Uh, I'm a giant fan of the old WarioWare games. Uh, John, I believe that is also true of you. You're a fan of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna just say everything that's on your list is on my list for oh, good. So <laughs> I'll just really, chime really in. Compared. We a hundred percent agree. Apparently, there's some that you have that I don't, but you have everything that I do. So, oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, to Bo's point, they don't always make sequels to games that are really, really good. And I love WarioWare, and it's been a long time since we've had a WarioWare 
and I, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Yeah. I love WarioWare. It's so stupid and so dumb, and I don't know how they nail. They somehow nail the ir- irreverent, stupid humor, which is so hard to nail and be good at, and they do it every time, and they make it look easy. Yeah, I don't know. And it makes it. me laugh every single time, and it's the kind of stuff that other things try to do that doesn't work on me whatsoever. I don't know why WarriorWare is so good at it. Yeah, there's something. You're right. There's something about it. And also, these games look so, these mini games so stupid. And that's perfect. Yep. That's what I want. Like, don't the, the, the Wii game was the only one I felt like they kind of missed the mark a little bit. Again, and here's another example of a GBA original series. That's where this the first WarioWare game debuted there, and they you know brought it to other stuff later. But it was really the strength of that portable version that made it take off. This looks like a return to that in a big way, and I'm I'm jazzed. Wario is my favorite ancillary Mario character, so he can do no wrong. Oh, there's multiplayer. Look at this bullshit. Oh, geez. Is that him with his finger in his nose? <laughs> Look how meany this shit is. Everything in this looks like something that was made on 4chan and then shared out to Reddit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like these weird <laughs> animations and stuff. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that'll be coming soon. And I hope it plays good on a Switch Lite because that's what I use these days. We shall see. Uh, yeah, our list looks very similar. I just noticed that. You didn't have Starfield. I did. Um, I'm just really excited I, for it. So. I put it in my misses category. Oh, you did? Oh, oh yeah, look at that. Oh. Okay, well, let's get to the bottom of that. Why do you think it missed and not didn't hit? Because, uh, you know, we've built it up. 2018 is when Starfield was originally announced, and it was announced by them saying, hey, let me show you what we've been working on. And then we got a picture of space. And we got some rousing symphonic music, and then we got a logo that said Starfield. And now here we are in 2021, and I feel like we didn't get much more than that. Well, like we got, we got ground. We got okay. There's a mech. There's a ship. There's a bunch of shit that I would have assumed would be in a game called Starfield for sure. But we still don't really know what it is. So much so that I guess word got back to Todd Howard that like, hey, people don't know what this game is because your trailer didn't show anybody anything. <laughs> and he said, it's like Skyrim in space. Yeah. What the hell does that mean, Todd <laughs> Howard? <laughs> like, n- that doesn't translate. I know what he that's means. Like, he means that's it's like a, saying it's like basketball hockey. Here, here's what he They're means. They're different things. He means it's a giant sprawling RPG that's in space. That's what he means. Okay, that show me gameplay. Show me something more. You've had since 2018 to show me anything more than an artsy fartsy lame ass trailer. I didn't think it was a good trailer. I didn't think it was a reason to get hyped for the game, and I walked away with the exact same feeling that I had in 2018 of, well, they make good RPGs, so I hope this is good and I guess we'll find out when they tell us more about it. That's what I waited till 2021 to find out was that I still need to wait more to find out what this game is it's a fair point it's a fair point that you're making and I don't disagree with it why it's on here for me is I when I found out that everything they showed was in engine that just made me excited that's all because it looks real pretty I mean it is exciting to see a little bit but I'm I'm leaning more towards John's thing where I'm like I didn't see anything that wowed me I'm still excited for the game I guess like I'm still like Starfield RPG in space nail it guys make a fun game for me to play but they're like apart from the graphics 
the graphics are clearly sweet, and if this is an engine, A plus. I'm I'm excited by that. But this was like, it's a game. It's in space. I've seen a hundred of the like. You know, I'm there's they didn't show me anything that was like, oh, I have to play this. Like, like the Skyrim trailer. I watched the trailer five thousand times. It was a daily ritual to load it up on YouTube and just watch it five times and go, oh, oh, oh. You know, yeah, it's like you know when that one they feared the Dragonborn. Like that was a that that is still hypes me up thinking about that trailer. But that trailer, trailer came out right before the game did, or just before. I the know. Game did. So maybe there'll be an awesome trailer soon, and John just needs to be patient because game development takes time, and this is Todd Howard's baby, <laughs> if I believe the, it is, the and it's a year and a half away, by the way. So we're not talking about anything that's even close to being done. So so t- I guess my expectations yeah. were met because that's how far off that is, and they never show anything more than that when you're yeah. that far off. I think they'll show. I'll bet the the soonest we get like massive information and like walkthrough and like presentation will be like E3 of 2022 when it's six months, seven months out. So we all got to be a little George Michaels, three little George Michaels, and have a little faith, faith, the faith. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant get caught in a men's room doing the, you know, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, we don't want, that's not a desirable oh, outcome. okay. I we don't want to be those George Michaels. We want to be the faith-believing George Michael. We don't want to have the faith. Well, you've heard it here. The, 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 the downside, they didn't show shit, and I agree they didn't. Uh, the upside for me is that it'll, that engine looks real nice, so... Uh, it's going to be good. Bethesda main flagship games, even if they're not free, like I don't play Fallout, but I can see that they're good. This is going to be good. And, they've got, be- and I, I want to, I want to be clear. I'm not saying the game's bad. I'm right. saying the game's showing wasn't good. Yeah, it's not exciting. For something where they said, <laughs> Hey, we're going to be showing you Starfield. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> great. And then they didn't even, they, I don't know if, if I didn't listen to interviews afterwards, I wouldn't even know if that game goes into space or if that was a game about being on a planet and wanting to get into space. Yeah. You wouldn't know. You're right. You're right. They didn't show anything that, you know, they're riding I, on the back of, Hey, we're Bethesda. We make groundbreaking gigantic games. And guess what? We have all the money of God now because Microsoft owns us. So, we're making even we we have no reason that we can't hit every deadline and make every awesome thing and, and go the extra mile. Like all of that is what they're trying to say. But as far as like getting me stoked about gameplay, yeah, there's nothing there. I mean, we don't know yet. Don't I think know. what John's trying to say, if I can have an analogy here to describe the exact feeling, is it's what it's what if your president decided to make a national address and then he came on to the stage and he said, Well, today guys, I made a little poopy. Just thought y'all should know. <laughs> You know, and you'd be like, why did you call a big address for this? You could have just tweeted it or something. At least, you know, like, it's like Starfield. We're just going to show you something amazing. It's a guy getting in a rocket ship in the title. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Still excited. I, still I can excited, agree. I actually but, agree with you guys 100% with what you're saying. I just also feel hyped in general because I love space and I love their, their kind of RPGs are some of my favorites. And I just. I support your hype. I, I, I support the hype. We need to feel positive in the world and not shitty about things. And if you f- feel good about something, I, I don't want to take that away uh, from you. Here's what Go I'll on. say, Scott. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to make you feel worse. Uh, 
<laughs> I guess this I is why the, he plays Resident think, Evil with you and not yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> I think uh, the Outer Worlds two trailer was a better Starfield trailer than oh that was, the was. That was so good. We're gonna talk about that. trailer? Yeah, let's talk about it now. So so trailer. real real quick. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it today. I meant to put it in our Slack and I forgot. Um, but somebody recut. Not by much. They didn't really have to recut anything. They they stripped the audio from the Outer Worlds two trailer. And for those who don't know, it's this very self-knowing, you know, fourth wall breaking, sort of making fun of how trailers are made, sort of dialogue uh, applied to that trailer. And it was awesome. Everyone loved it kind of universally. It was really good. Um, somebody stripped that out and put it on top of the Starfield trailer <laughs> and, <laughs> and, pretty, and pretty much nailed every moment of like, you know, here's a part where there's a, what was it, like lens flare and here's, a, you know, all that stuff This like completely matched it up with that. And it was freaking funny. And maybe a better trailer. They have the advantage of Outer Worlds being kind of comedic in the first place. The first game's got a very sardonic quality to it. I loved the first game. Played it, beat it, loved it. Um, I couldn't be more excited about that one. And they didn't. They showed even less of that. But that game knows what it's doing. You know what I mean? They were, they were totally, like, all I could think about was Anthem the whole time and Cyberpunk the whole time yep. while that trailer was going. It's yep. like... <laughs> the game is not done, but we're going to show you this awesome stuff that won't be in the end. Yeah, now, here's a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> right. See this creature? Forget it. Put it out of your mind. Not even going to be in the game. Yeah. <laughs> now we need a guy shooting and running in slow motion. Let's do that. I mean, how you know, long is like, this thing? It's worth maybe playing the audio from. Um, yeah. Let me just yeah, play a little bit it. of it. Let's let's see. How it's an advertisement. Is. This is not copyright. They want you to play it. Yeah, they, they want, want to sell this outer limits. Begin by hearing an old, wise-sounding voice. And we see quiet, peaceful setting. This will make our game seem big and important. Now, something must break the serenity. Will this creature be in the game? No. Say goodbye to it forever. Suddenly, and for no reason, people running. These pointless slow-motion shots... Make everything seem cool and should bolster pre-sale numbers. That wah sound can mean only one thing. We must gaze over an epic shot of a world. And there should be lens flares. Now we see our hero. But only their silhouette, because the developers haven't finished the design. Or finished the story. Or finished any gameplay that's actually ready to show. In fact, the only thing they have finished is the title. And they just have like I mean massive respect, right? Like And they did a kick ass trailer. They didn't like they didn't phone it in on the trailer, like CGI. It's all really well done too. Yeah. And I swear to God, I wanna say like John probably secretly wrote this. Like <laughs> Like, like what he's, he's reading it i'm like this is john's language because he, he's it's written very that dear for me martha. for my twitch stream he's yeah. like oh twitch stream is so amazing it's very dear martha you're not you're not wrong um it has that energy for sure but it's just i was so so the guy who got to do the trailer for this whose idea this was and directed it uh tweeted put a put a whole thread together about his experience with it and he, and he just kept saying i cannot believe they let me make it 
Like, I can't believe they let <laughs> oh, me really? do it. Because he was sure they weren't going to do it. He pitched it. He was sure they were just going to go, ha very funny. No, we got to be serious or whatever. He was sure they were going to turn him down. And these I guys mean, went for it. And I think that speaks, I think, pretty highly of the people at Obsidian for for being willing to poke this kind of fun and have this trailer kind of be truth for the whole industry. You know? Yes, they're calling out people. Like, there's got to be some people that saw that that felt attacked because there are people that work on Anthem. There are yeah. people that worked on Cyberpunk. Like, all the people, they, oh my God, what did they do? And like, it's like, it's not a secret anymore. We know you're phoning it in to hype things up. Yeah. Smarten the F up. Yeah, and, it's great. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, it just, I, I, this was the biggest breath of fresh air. Uh, I would have already been one. I would have been 110% in on an Outer Worlds 2. I'm telling you, that trailer. They didn't need to do this. They didn't need to do this. And that made me want the game even more. That made me go, oh man, they're really going to go for the funny in this. They're going to go for that sardonic like contrast of this hideous world that's too commercial. Like that's the whole, but the whole thing is a satire. The game's, the game is. And it's so well done. Like I'm more stoked about the game than I was would have been otherwise, and it's. Because I gotta of this. put the first one on my backlog. I haven't played. Oh, it yet, you'd love it, sure. dude! And they put they added yeah. um uh, Series S and X um, performance increase stuff. So yeah, now's the time. No reason it. not to. Yeah, it was 30 Honestly. frames before that, and I, I played almost the whole thing in 30 because I wanted to play it on the console. But then they changed it, and I played the last third in, in uh, 60 plus frames, and it was beautiful. Ran great. Anyway. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, you're right there. You got a little uh, choking on the old uh, chocorino there. You choking know? on some coffee. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> it's all right. John almost killed me one night on Resident Evil. It <laughs> made me laugh so hard. I, I horked a. Uh, they over there still. Nope, they're not there. But I horked a. a, a, a what do you call it? Sunflower seed. The whole big, big giant horse sunflower seed down the back of my throat because I laughed so hard. Oh, no. I heard it. I was terrified, but it was also the funniest thing I had ever heard. Well, to your credit, you first said, are you okay at first? And then, and then we realized, you know, everything's fine. And then you had a good laugh. So I appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> if I was dying, John was. Yeah. The last you know. thing you'd want to be is laughing over the <laughs> dying, a dying person by accident. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> on a live That's stream, hilarious. by the way, that would have been the worst on a live stream dying. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's not you know, that's happened, that. right? Somebody, I don't mean people who have like tried to kill themselves on streams, but someone's died before, right? Like just flopped over dead do we want to go there i've I had don't that know. fear this past year of like pet dying on stream i'll be honest with you <laughs> it's not a pleasant thing to think about because we're all streaming now eventually all of us podcasters are gonna go and croak and yeah what if it happens on the air like yeah. if, if you do it oh, enough <laughs> the odds are the odds are not great nope yeah, nope. it's just there's. I, I've thought about it a lot. It's pointless. Just put it out. It's better to ignore and pretend that door. Leave that door closed. Forget we even like, saw the door. Yeah, forget it. we even saw it. All right, yeah. moving on. Yeah. Let's talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. Or sorry, Horizon. Ah, for, for <laughs> Horizon, it's a Horizon. Stop five. promoting phones, Scott. We're promoting games. Damn it, Motorola Gear Solid. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, so Forza Horizon Five. I love four. Already loved four. Four is amazing. Uh, didn't know they were going to announce a five and it'll be out this year, September sometime. It looks insane. That game. Like, even if you don't like racing games, you have to be blown away by the visuals in that game. It is just unbelievable to me that that game looks that good. Um, and they talked I'm excited about to own a next gen console for the reasons like this. No. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. It was also the uh, second game with a haboob in it. 
Oh yeah, had a haboob. Uh, Haboobs were very popular at this E3. They were in a lot of games. You know how every year it's like, oh, bows are in, uh, not like yeah. bow, but like bow and arrows, or one year's like uh, mm. uh, the, the grappling hook is the thing everybody's got in their game or whatever. This year it feels like everybody's got a haboob in it. Yeah, and a and a four player multiplayer game. Yeah, and it's all set in Mexico. Yeah, that's true. It's all set in Mexico, which is pretty cool because there's just a ton of terrain uh, types and biomes and things in Mexico. It's very cool. I like that word, biome. Yeah, biome's a great word. Um, anyway, I am looking forward to that. And John, I see it's on your list right here. It is. Yeah. I was supposed to play uh, Forza Horizon uh, 4 because you were going to play Yakuza Like a Dragon. I was going to play that. I installed it, yeah. but I didn't get to it. Oh, you should play it. It's good. The Horizon I'm having games a are bad great. time gauging how much playtime I'm going to have uh, with Small Child. They have figured out, out a way. A lot less. It's a lot less than you think, but they've figured out a way to straddle sim, uh, dry, you know, car fetishy, really nice, you know, branded, fancy car stuff. The thing you go to mainline for uh, Forza for, or you go to what's the one on what's the PlayStation game that's been around forever? Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. Yeah, you go to those games for that. This game says, "Hey, what if there's a little of that?" But it's mostly like burnout paradise, minus all the crashing because these are branded cars and they don't let you do that as much. But there's still wrecks. You can still, you know, spin out real bad and stuff. But but what if we kind of combine that with like the events and the open worldliness and the crazy stuff you got to try to pull off and the the kind of emergent gameplay opportunities and the multiplayer and all of that? What if we made a game like that? And that's basically what they've made, and it's hmm. great, great, love it. So Forza Five, Forza Horizon Five, totally on my radar now, uh, and it looks insane. Uh, that'll run beautifully on a PC or any of the two Series X's, S or X rather. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. And John, you'll have to let me know what you think of Four because Fun Four also runs really nice. That's optimized for the new consoles and PC as well. So let us know. Uh, what's that weird Russian thing? I can't remember the name. Uh, but oh little- wait, okay, hang on. Oh sorry. No, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Which so, <laughs> I think he reached out to you too, but we heard from a listener because we were calling on this live streams all those games, Russian games, but they're all Ukrainian developers. Oh, are they and all? Because I thought the one, the weird one, wasn't there Ukrainian. Was the weird one, I think, is a Russian developer. I yeah. just you just made me remember because I he, we chatted over DMs quite a bit, and you know. It's, no, I'm glad you brought that up. He reached out to me. The as issue well. is all the, all these Ukraine games are set in Russia, so we just think of them as Russian games. Like their games are literally set in Russia, and we just say Russian, but they're Ukrainian developers, right? But Right. Anyways, and footnote it, yeah. resolved. <laughs> and the uh, Ukrainian developed game. I'm trying to see if I can find it. And I can't find it. What so is Stalker Two is it's Ukrainian. Not Stalker Two that you're and talking Metro. about. Scott. It's the other one. What'd you call? No, it? is it Pioner? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because Pioner. I think Pioner was the one made by the Russian studio. I think it was Pioner, Scott. No, it's something Mind or Brain or something. Lemniscate chat room. Help me. Lemnus Gate. <laughs> so there's Stalker <laughs> 2. Take me to your Lemnus Gate. Something there's mind? A, I remember a game called Chernobylite, but I don't remember it's not what that, that one was. Atomic Atomic Brain? Atomic Mind? Atomic Shit. Hold on. Atomic, atomic Pioner. <laughs> atomic Heart. That's it. Atomic Heart. <laughs> Pioner. <laughs> Atomic Heart is the name. If you guys don't remember seeing this trailer or any of the gameplay from this thing, 
It looks like the weirdest freaking thing I've ever seen. It's on pre-order everywhere. You can get it on Steam even, but it's coming to Game Pass day oh, one. Yeah. Oh, this this yeah. This would have been, yeah. You know what? This is on my list of interested ins as well. So I for, I did forget about this game. This game has a really good art style, and I, I like it. Yeah. Let's see where Munfish is from. Another another like a like a psycho uh, Fallouty kind of jam. I don't even know what to make of it. Oh, it's really loud. Sorry, I didn't mean to play that. But uh, but yeah, it's got like post-apocalyptic qualities but robot things and then some strange lady with a wire coming out of her head that's like undulating and it just looks insane this is in fact a russian developer this is in fact a russian developer yes yeah yeah and not this looks twisted and and dark in all the right ways as far as i can tell yeah just like a weird (laughs) it looks so weird i'm all in like just whatever this is i'm play the shit out of this so uh, that's definitely on my list, but I could not remember the name. For uh, for what it's worth, I also thought Stalker Two looked good. The only thing that held me back on Stalker uh, Two was that I didn't play Stalker One. I didn't uh, get into it, same. but it made me want to because I thought that trailer actually looked pretty good. Yeah, Look, that game's a little bit too old. Stalker One. Yeah, that's kind of where that's kind of where I land. Even for a remaster, so. which we'll get to when we have our Mass Effect conversation later. So hold on, Stalker One came out when? Uh, not that I don't believe. Two thousand. Let's see. Is it that old? Jeez. I think I played it for five minutes at one point. Uh, Stalker. Came, I think that's uh, about what I've played of oh. it as well. I think I got into it and I was like, "This game seems." The hard. graphics. I remember even at the time <laughs> didn't feel like it was that good, even for the time. Well, it's two thousand and seven. So, but it was one of those. No, you got to get through it and you'll see it's really good. Yeah, 2007, pretty old. Uh, I would argue that that, but uh, you know, the the trailer looked awesome, and they're a Ukrainian developer. I yes. believe. Yeah. So just for the, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that he reached out to us because it's easy to it's easy to lump the entire former Soviet Union together and just call them all Russia. Still, if they were on friendlier terms, it might matter less. But you know, there's yeah, there's a lot there. Exactly there's a whole a lot there. Relationship. And when you're just being a dumb American, we're like, yeah, they're all Russian. Like, it's pretty reductive so we apologize for that it's, it's fine um, we didn't do it yeah. in any kind of mean way we no, just no, didn't no. Know. We no just I, I see a russian game i think it's russian developer that's yeah. yeah now the other one i couldn't remember a name for and i've been t- scratching my brain trying to find it is this weird side-scrolling cyberpunk looking thing it was yeah, replaced it's on my list what is it which one it's called replaced that's the one Yep. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? That, that was amazing the way you said that. That, so <laughs> that came out of nowhere and it looked insanely cool. Oh, it I don't think I saw that. It looks this. nuts. I love the look of this game. It is uh, pixel art graphics with like modern day lighting and oh, effects weird. put on top of it. Uh, but also extremely like fluid animation built on top of it with the with the sprite work. It looks so cool. I'm extremely curious about what it is. And, uh, like, my putting it on a I'm interested in is purely visual. I have no idea what kind of game it even is. But, my goodness, does it look neat. Oh, it looks good. There's parallax kind of 3D, maybe, or something. Oh, yeah, no. It's got, like, shaky. It's got, like, a shaky cam. It's got, like, a. I mean, this is clearly pixel art done in a time where you could only do this now. This isn't like, oh, it reminds me of the SNES. It's it's not 
We're it not talking about that. It looks a little that. bit like pixel art. Like you took live photos and then put a pixel filter over it, and some somehow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, some of this may be captured. I mean, it may be mocapped. I don't some know. Some of it looks too good to have been drawn. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Not too good, but too real, photorealistic to have been drawn, but still pixelated. Yeah, I'd love to know more about it. There's like well, the screen's tilting too. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy, and everything's. Uh. I don't know what you do yet, but I am so whatever this oh, is. Be on Game Pass. Oh Excellent. yeah, day one. Yep. Another reason. And by the way, just to stave off emails now, don't send us a ton of emails going. Hey guys, you didn't talk about Sony stuff, fanboys. Sony didn't do a presentation. We have no idea what they're doing. I mean, not yet. They will, and when they do, we'll talk about it. But uh, they're currently enjoying the success of the most highly uh, reviewed game of the year right now with that new Ratchet and Clank game. They're doing just fine. Um, a game I wish I could play, but they they didn't do a presentation. There's nothing. There was nothing. So I'm just saying, I'm not trying to create a straw man here. I know we'll get those emails because we always do. Yeah, they weren't there. They didn't have a presentation. So there's, al- to there's always more to talk about than there is time to cover it all. We're just covering. What we're we just like covering what we saw. Uh, and then I just thought Game Pass as a whole was just a really good presentation. Just really knocked at home how valuable that service is. Uh, maybe for me as guardians of the galaxy, John, you have maybe also, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to follow up. I tweeted this, but I want to say it cause I believe it, uh, game pass. I just want to say restructured that press conference for me because a lot of these press conferences, we watch them and we go, Oh yeah, I might try that. Or that looks cool, but I'll never buy it. Like the amount of times I saw a cool looking indie game and was like, well, that looks amazing. I don't have the budget to just buy every indie title that comes out, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, I just can't. Game Pass makes that to where it was like watching that press conference and knowing almost every single one of these games I'm not only going to have, but I'm going to have day one. Whether I want to play it or not, like, it changes the way you view that press conference. Right. And what a cool thing that was to watch it and go, I'm going to get to play every single one of these instead of, Am I going to get it or not? Right. Yeah, uh, same, same. Uh, and that's one yes. That's one of those games where, well, we don't know. I guess Guardians is not a guaranteed Game Pass thing, but that's is that what puts it into maybe for you? Is that what you're saying? Like, you don't know? No, I put it in maybe because they wouldn't stop telling stupid jokes. <laughs> it would seem like a lot. <laughs> I, I also feel that way, and you and, I, you and I watched that conference together. My takeaway from it was, In theory, it's got the underpinnings of what I like. It's it's a it's a semi-active uh, combat system, which I I like those. Something like you'd see in the new Final Fantasy. I know people would rather have turn-based in a lot of cases, but but I like that stuff. Okay, um, it's an RPG. You're leveling up. You have dialogue choices, like all this stuff. I normally really like that thing. Will hinge on whether it can do the humor right and the dialogue and the relationships right. If it can't do that right. It's a problem. That's a problem. That game, if they can't do that, and I wasn't convinced by that by the presentation that they got any of that worked out yet. It seemed a yeah. little chatty and a little. Not- it had moments, but like the thing they need to learn is that you know sometimes less is more when it comes to people having a smart ass quip for every word that comes out of somebody's mouth, which is what they did. And when you've got a roster that big, it's like. Uh, 
you know, one person says one thing and then you have to go down the list of the entire Guardians of the Galaxy to hear what their sarcastic take on the comment that just got said is every single time. Yeah. It's just it's a bit much, but there were times where like I thought the moment where they throw Rocket across the chasm and you see literally all the characters just flinch when he hits the ground because they thought he'd land on his feet and he landed on his face. That's legitimately funny, but you have to have that moment paced right and you have to take your time with that sort of stuff. If they can nail that, this is a type of game we don't get a lot of, which is sort of that dialogue-heavy, you know, uh, squad-based almost quasi role-playing game like it's just it's something that i would absolutely love and it turns out it is kind of a good setting for it it just extremely distracted by the half step look into the mcu that they seem to be giving all the characters where it's like a constant uncanny valley feeling too many quips and i just gotta i gotta see them wheel that stuff back in before i'm sold on i thought the rocket hair or the rocket fur some pretty good hair tech so give them points for that uh i thought overall graphically it looks nice again you're not wrong about faces and uncanny valley and half step toward mcu that's all true um bo you were irritated at the time because you were like wait these are the deus ex people they should be making that game yeah, yeah. Literally, some of the people uh, I recognize from watching all the Deus Ex developer commentaries, hyped for both games to come out. Seeing them, they may be very happy working on those things. I guess I don't know, but I like to think they'd all prefer to be working on Deus Ex, and I prefer to be having a Deus Ex game than than Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you just don't. I shouldn't look down my nose at it, but it just seems to me like when you're working on a licensed IP. Okay. If you really love it, then it's probably. It's, I'm about to say something stupid. I think. Well, hold I just, on a second. See, here's the thing that, you, that I think is okay to admit: the game doesn't exist without the success of those Guardians movies, and those don't exist without a serious risk being taken by Marvel and Disney to even make those things, because Guardians yeah. is stupid. Now, I say that knowing there are plenty of great comics. It's a really hell of a thing to go read through them, and there's some good stuff in there. But they're they're from a time. Um, in the cosmic universe where it was going to be nearly impossible for anyone to ever make a talking raccoon in a tree good. Like that stuff's stupid unless you're on the comic page. The movies proved it out that you could do it in a way that would work. And then you can make games based on it because now people know it. They have interest in it. There's a, there's a mainstream acceptance of what Guardians of the Galaxy is. And so the movie can't help but have some of that in there. I would say... Right? I would I would put a little footnote and say the movie worked because the right ta- they acquired the right talent to get it done. I don't think you get any director in there and you making good Guardians movies. Marvel is also very has two very strong things going for it. One is this cohesion cohesion within the franchise that yeah. is unparalleled. Maybe only maybe a little bit by Star Wars, but even then, I don't think anyone can touch the level of story cohesion between movies and, and official properties. Yeah. Um, and the other one is um they get talented people like to that are the right fit most of the almost all of the time for all of their movies like you look at dc and you're like can't you do that and it's like no they get Zack snyder to make depression man <laughs> returns or whatever you know like it's yeah. <laughs> like like clearly bad choices can be made we, we're seeing it in the dc side of the comic pool uh comic movie pool in my opinion and um 
So so that's why it just doesn't instantly translate into video game. You need the James Gunn of video games to be making a good Guardians game or a good Avengers game. Like, I think there are a lot of people excited to work on those franchises, but that doesn't mean that the company has their Dave Filoni's and and those champions of those franchises that really do them justice. That's and so, a, like, yeah, good point. I think Guardians might actually fare better than General Avengers. At least I liked this trailer more than I like the Avengers stuff. Yeah. But clearly, there was a meeting. They sat down with their Avengers game and said, yeah, this looks great. We're into this, right? Everyone else is going to like this. And it's like, nobody could raise their hand and say, like, this sucks. Like, they don't, you know, it's it's just an indelible thing, right? They're probably really talented people, but I don't know. You just look at something and you, you say, like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. But games are not a high priority. Like, they need to launch them. They need to make money. They're not interested. Most of the people licensing games are not interested in the developers going, we want to be like Blizzard and make a really well polished game. They're like, no, this needs to be released pretty close to a movie release. So, you know, yeah, yeah. do it. That's well, what that it feels is, like. That is one nice thing here is this is not timed with a, with a film release at all. Um, yeah, which is more doubly puzzling. Yeah. I, again, Guardians actually looks more, looks better than Avengers. Avengers just really. Was, unexciting well this is uh, i've actually i've warmed to it since it, they showed it at first i was pretty skeptical and i still am in a lot of ways but i've warmed to it a little bit uh someone in the chat says it looks like the combat's similar to dragon age inquisition i would agree kind of that whole how do you manage the team you're really just playing as peter quill but you can you know have everybody else react in ways that you get to call the shots when it's happening in real time if i had only one big complaint visually or aesthetically it's that Gamora walks like she's got four pounds of petrified uh, spicy peanut butter stuck in her crotch. I don't know why she walks that way. She no, Eidos just- uh, human models are weird. Like Deus Ex, even Human Revolution, everyone's got small heads. I don't know if you know- noticed that about the game, but everyone has just kind of smaller heads than they're supposed to have. It's weird. <laughs> I'm looking at Drax. Like Drax looks like a regular guy. He doesn't look like a super muscle bound dude. Like, yeah. Yeah, and Gamora definitely doesn't. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It just doesn't look like it's on purpose. It's just like this is the best we can do. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna t- we're gonna turn in this work. And to their credit, visually, right now the characters in the current run of the comic, they all kind of look like these characters. Like Peter Quill's hair is definitely Peter Quill right now. The goatee okay. on the goatee on Drax. That's what's small. his name? I, maybe I'm just used to Dave Bautista and being gigantic Drax, but he, he definitely Drax here looks small. I think Drax me. in the comics. I don't know, John. What would you say? He, he's a little less. I mean, Bold. it's definitely open to the interpretation of who's drawing him, but I yeah. do. I actually think Batista probably is bigger than how they typically draw. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Am I just because I, I yeah. like? I don't know, and and it's Movie hard to translate because you know, in comic books, everybody is just super ripped, and they have kind of like the perfect build. Yeah. You don't see that so much in real life, so you get somebody like Batista who's just like insane and you're like oh my gosh he's so big he's bigger than any of these comic book characters yeah i don't know if that's necessarily true but yeah i he's a big boy i would i kind of see what you mean and it kind of goes back to that you know you got one foot in the mcu like we we're showing him as he looks in the comic books but then he's acting and taking everything literally like the trait that we gave him in the movies and it's like, okay, well, I get why you do that, because you want the people who have seen the movies that are like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy's game to feel welcomed in. But 
are they going to feel welcomed in if he looks completely different? You know, it's just this odd, it's this odd thing where nobody's happy. If you're just a movie fan, they look weird. Mm. If you're just a comic fan, why are they acting this way? If you're a fan of both, Okay, well, it's neither of those things. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a hundred percent of either. You we didn't hear it because we were we were on the stream that had it stripped out. But I guess the even the trailer or the demonstration had a bunch of uh, licensed music in it, and they are definitely going to lean into that whole Peter Quill love stuff from the seventies sort of vibe, which again is another foot in the MCU while looking like it's a comic book adaptation. So you're right; like all of this is complicated. I don't know how. I don't know how else they do it, though, because they can't do straight likenesses. It's ridiculously expensive. It's cost prohibitive you to do it. recognize that you're making a comic book thing and you give it an artistic style. That's what I, I would do. I still yeah. believe if we could go back in time, if we could give that generic ass, lame, didn't succeed. I actually thought it was kind of fun, but we're going to call it lame anyway because it launched bad and it was boring and nobody plays it. Marvel's Avengers game. And you gave that a slick, modern-day, cel-shaded type look. If it looked like, um, I don't know, like the current, whatever the Dragon Ball Fighters or Fighter Z or however you pronounce it. If it had oh, that yeah. art style yeah. on top of that Marvel game, mm-hmm. I think we would be to having a different story about Marvel's Avengers. I yeah. think it would have caught people's eye. You wouldn't have had people going, well, that doesn't look like Captain America. That looks like a soccer dad just showing up and putting on Captain America cosplay. Like, yeah. you just dress it up different. You don't lean into, I want to look photorealistic, because as soon as you go photorealistic, people are going to compare it to the photorealistic thing that exists. Yeah. So that's my thought. You You lean into the fact that it's a comic book, and you go... You don't have to do like word bubbles and stuff like no, that. No, just go stylized. Go put some style to sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. It's a fine line, but because I know what they're trying to do, they're trying to attract people who like Guardians. It's an edgier version of the of the MCU, so you're not looking for kids necessarily. Like I, I'm sure this was all this had to all been on the table at one point or another. The end result, we'll see. I'm kind of excited to see how it works out. Um, I wish that was Game Pass Day One. It's not. Uh, what else here? We got the, uh, oh, you, you said, uh, maybe on tiny Tina's wonderlands. I'm feeling very miss on that. I don't, I don't think I care about that game. I know that I have been an outspoken, not fan of borderlands on this show. Yeah. I, I just want to say I put it in the maybe because I did think that of all the like, no, Borderlands, like, first of all, I've played Borderlands. Yes, I turned the music and I turned the volume and voice off because I didn't want to hear that game because I hated the humor and I hated everything about what it was trying to do on that regard. But it was a very fun playing game. Sure. I played a lot of Borderlands 2. Yeah, that's great. I played enough Borderlands 2 that I bought Borderlands 3. I just don't care about the story. But when I hear about them doing their riff on D&D, I start to kind of go, maybe maybe I would turn voices on and listen to this. And I get a little intrigued. And to me, that that gives it potential. Hmm. Because I do like the gameplay. I already know that. And maybe if we can get away from horse butt or whatever joke that was they made in the intro. Oh, butt stallion. But stallion, but like stallion. If you can have maybe a little less of that and a little 
I don't know, something no, but, a little but, but better. But Stallion's in the game in Wonderlands. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a so it's yeah. so when they're when they're announcing the actors, it's like Andy Samberg, and then it's like Anne Butt Stallion at the end. And that's and the th- other thing is it's got a hell of a cast too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, two three people. So yeah, it's fine. I mean, maybe it's enough for me to go. Maybe I'll give it. A, I'll take a look and see. Maybe they may go wild enough with it. Like if rather than do mundane guns, if they do like just cr- just crazy off the wall imagination stuff. It could be a chance that it's something we haven't seen before in another video game. And yeah. that prospect is exciting, right? So you kind of see him shoot a laser. I mean, we've seen lots of lasers in games, but really it could end up being something special. I really did like the Tiny Tina expansion pack. Um, I hope I hope it's not that self-referential. I know it will be on some level, I hope, but I hope there's kind of a good fantasy, like you said, as a part of it, but... I think we're going to get a lot of butt stallion in it. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I mean, I assume it's still a looter shooter at the core of it, right? Like, you're still What just, if they had like I a mini so. gun that fired Claymore swords at people? See, that's like they're good. I'm just saying like lean into it. But they don't have to go that far. Like even Reno, I you know, in Hearthstone, Reno Jackson has a Gatling gun that just shoots rainbow lasers. Like that's enough. Like that's, that would look spectacular on a next gen graphics thingamajiggy going nuts, you know? <laughs> Right? I don't know. Right, John, uh, they did it with know? the gun, and yeah. that's the worst gun in that game. I like the Rainbow Gatling gun. Well, that one's okay, yeah. but the one in the one in Borderlands that shoots other guns is dumb. It's a useless gun. Oh, it, well, it is yeah, dumb. shooting other guns is dumb. I'm talking about a gun that shoots swords, giant swords. That's oh, different. I'm our bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. a gun that shoots guns is stupid. A gun that shoots swords is cool. That's because you're they, a rogue and you partial the blades. Yeah, and sometimes I want to stab something that's very far away. Yeah, all right. I mean, I think it all sounds cool. I'm into all of it, but you know, I, I'm I'm just hoping they do off the wall. Like, I think there's a real opportunity. It's it's kind of a brand new franchise. Like, what's a Wonderland? They could define it, and, and it could be like a a heavy metal animated you know, video game, like it could be, it has a lot of potential to be something really cool, at least the way it's sort of presented, but yeah. we'll find out when it's, we know yeah. more, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try to keep an open mind on it. It didn't, it kind of rubbed me wrong. Okay. Now we have to talk about this because we can't go on with our lives without talking about this. I'm here to kill chaos. Looks like chaos has been waiting for us. I want to kill chaos. This is the shrine of chaos and so forth. So, <laughs> Uh, this Final Fantasy Origins business, or what is it? Final Fantasy Origins. It's yeah. called Stranger, Stranger Paradise? of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Stranger of Paradise? Yes. In, you okay. and me are just some strangers in paradise. <laughs> of paradise. Like, there needs to be a joke. Chaos. Chaos. The, the, the phrase Stranger in Paradise is an old phrase from, I don't know, a book or something. Like, And there's a song like you were singing. Like, a it's Collins song. To have them like sidestep it and say... Uh, what is it of par- in paradise? What is it? Stranger it's, it's of, of paradise. Of paradise. Oh, it's so dumb. It's so well, dumb. It's a Japanese translation. That's how these things go. Okay, <laughs> like, but what do you think about a game that's just all chaos, going after chaos, and it's just eating? I gotta eat chaos. So let's kill so, chaos. So my understanding is that this is a reimagining of Final Fantasy One, which has maybe. 300 words of text story to, to base the whole thing on like from what i remember in my nest days of the game is there's a dude maybe he was called chaos you went to kill him i don't think you did and then you had to travel the whole world 
to eventually kill him. I just don't remember there being that much dialogue. So it's no small wonder that it's just, well, it's just chaos here. We have to get rid of chaos. We're <laughs> kill chaos. Rid of chaos. Are you ready to hate it even more, Scott? Yep. Yep. Cause I'm going to take something you are already down on and I'm going to make you even more noped on this uh, game. Go for it. It is a dark souls like game. Oh no, really? Yes. I, this isn't just a proper. Did they say no. that at the thing? I guess they've clarified since this is a dark Souls uh, style. A game. demo came out. People have people have tried it and oh, played it. Was it was broken, wasn't it? It yeah. was broken. It, it was chaos when it came yeah, out. It you chaos. couldn't play it. Yeah. They have updated it and released it, and they've put out a pretty decent length uh, demo. I'm gonna say I first of all I like Dark Souls. Right now, I'm as it. You put Final Fantasy in front of something, you have my attention. Yeah, you're really into it. There are some elements that seem cool, like the ability to change your job in the game, which is a a big Final Fantasy thing. Um, So it has a lot going for it. But man, that trailer couldn't have been worse (laughs) and couldn't have put me more off of it. Like, I usually am rooting for games to succeed. Yeah. That trailer was so bad. I was like, I hope this game just bombs, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't fair. I don't think I ultimately believe that a lot of people are putting time and effort into this. And I don't think that's the mature, right stance to take, yeah. but my goodness, who put that trailer together and went, well, he says chaos eight times yep. in a, two minute long trailer i think this is the right way to go also it looks like he got his costume by running through the gap really quick and was like oh shit i gotta go kill chaos i I take this 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 and this and thank god i got my dumbass sword with me all right let's go yeah and he's and he's he looks like eminem is my other problem (laughs) but isn't this what outer wilds 2 is kind of getting at like they released a trailer for it but they didn't have any armor sets made for the main character i mean kind of yeah like i think you could lump this in there and they didn't have any script either they're like shit we have to write lines for this gameplay stuff what should we write and it's chaos let's kill chaos i'm here to kill chaos i just found it puzzling chaos i found it puzzling that this was a thing that you'd want to promote at this level like it just felt really really empty so and, this is where and, you asked did you did you watch it before you assembled the hype reel and, oh yeah i watched yeah. the whole thing i mean i haven't played the game i haven't played this demo no no i mean the people putting the marketing together right oh, oh, like oh. did they sit in that room and was it all silent and they're like yeah we can publish this this seems good this, <laughs> like you know what i mean like somebody checks these things before they go live like it's not you know i, I some stuff i look at and go like did you watch it before you decided to go through with it? Yeah. So you all sat there and said, well, we're going to try and turn our homework in and hope the teacher doesn't notice we didn't do all of the work. Like that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's I thought kinda... it was a joke. Like, <laughs> I was laughing. I told Scott near the end of it. I was like, oh, real? this is a parody or something. And yeah. then it like went to the end of the trailer. And I was like, oh, it's not a parody. No, they're serious. I, I was waiting for, you know, like, like you said, I was waiting for the Outer Worlds uh, 2. Like, ha got you. It's mm-hmm. something else. It's Beautiful Joe. This was a, a trailer <laughs> in our Beautiful Joe game. It's very aware. <laughs> right. <laughs> something, because it was so bad that I was like, this is intentional. Yeah. Nobody is seriously doing this. Yeah, they it work. seems bad. And Torek in the chat has it right. It looks like it was made 12 years ago, and this is a remaster. Like, it looked... It looked <laughs> wow. Bad. It looked ugly. 
Like ugly. That did not look like some next gen blow my mind. Holy shit. Can't believe they can do this game. Final Fantasy 14 looks better than this. And that game is yeah. old now. Like, I, don't I would say you're right. It didn't look that. It looked like PlayStation two or three era. Yeah, for sure. As good as yeah. as good as that was at its time, it ain't that anymore. I mean, um, depending on gameplay, sometimes it's acceptable, but it didn't. John, John, were you any level of bummed out that the Square people didn't do any fourteen stuff announcements or you know just? Hey, no, we got ahead whole, of the show. We had a whole yeah. fan fest that was awesome, and so you All know right. they didn't need to. Didn't need to be there. Didn't need to drag that out. Okay, fair enough. You know, I just wondered as a as a true fan of the dragons of uh, of uh, the land of that place, (laughs) Yakuza dragons. Yeah, Yakuza dragons. Uh, Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. All right, Um, Bo, you had on this list um, Rocksmith Plus, and that surprised me because at the time you seemed a little hesitant to go all in on that, but you're a Rocksmith guy. So how do you feel? 2013 was the last entry in the series. So even my initial reactions were quite negative. I'm happy to be getting an uh, updated entry into this. Yeah. And it's early goings on. The only thing is I like the virtual crowd. Like if when you do well, the crowd will cheer you on and and it doesn't look like this one has it. And I, I like that kind of feedback. Right. The biggest disappointment or my wish for a new Rocksmith was just what we were talking about with the streaming issues is that I actually really... I never made it into a band. I never performed in front of people, but I had developed a small little routine of streaming my Rocksmith streams and playing for 20 or 30 people. I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. A small personal amount of satisfaction for the dedicated bow watchers who wanted to see me play guitar. Mm -hmm. And it felt as much like a performance as I probably was ever going to give. And I really got a kick out of it. And I stopped because of DMCA crap. And my biggest wish for a new entry into Rocksmith was that, just like we talked about here, it's like, we're going to license songs for Rocksmith, and we're going to include the fact that these can be restreamed, Mm. that permissions are provided. I want, like, most users of Rocksmith may not care about that because they're practicing, but it's it's a fun internet thing to do. Share your Rocksmith instrument playing. It's incredible fun. Yeah. And there's a whole there's a whole category of people who are into it. Then the whole when the most recent DMCA stuff happened, everyone just kind of shut down. There's a few people trying to, I guess, skirt it, but it's not worth it now that they did delete all your content and stuff. So I didn't hear that <sighs> so from dumb. here. That would have been really, that was my wish. So I, my disappointment was largely connected to my my wish not being fulfilled. But, I got you. Well, it's yeah. cool. That they're going to support it. They're going to have a full service around it. So people are really into it. They can extend this out. And so, you know, I think that's all cool. I just am so annoyed that if somebody tuned into your stream and there's you playing guitar along with a track, I, I don't know who thinks that anyone watching that's going to go, yeah, had my fill, never going to pay for that track ever again in any other form. I've heard Bo perform it. That's it. That's all I needed. People no, who, usually repetition means you buy it or listen yeah, to it more. And yeah. also, all that stuff's on YouTube. Like uh, half the albums, you can it. listen for free on YouTube anyway. Like no, that's the other it. thing that's sort of frustrating is like there's all kinds of pirated stuff that never goes anywhere. The Witcher soundtrack I've been listening to nonstop all week True, for yeah. free on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's that one's approved. I it's, think though you could play that anywhere. Maybe, I, but it's just frustrating to to. I don't know. It was a frustrating experience for me to find something I really, really like streaming, yeah. and people were watching. And yeah. it isn't the biggest channel, so I would end up in the top of the views, and people were dropping in. It was just a very nice experience that I had to stop, and I just feel. Yeah. Man, also, who's at home it. going? Ooh, Bo's playing that song. I'm going to record him doing it over this 
you know, <laughs> over this 120 k kilobit stream that may or may not be 100% solid the whole time, may not may or may not blip during it, and and Bo may not may mess up a couple of times and may talk during it. But I'm yeah. going to go ahead and record it from here so that I've pirated this song. No one does this. They live in an imaginary. Put it DM, on my mixtape. The DMCA or the um, the what are they called? Whatever they are, the music people. They RIAA. They live in a fantasy land. I don't know what they think the world does, but it doesn't do what they think it does. It's so. It is so mind-boggling to me. They have the legally recognized prerogative to be doing what they're doing, and most companies do. They just choose not. Just because you have the right to something doesn't mean you must exercise it. Which is exactly what happens when you can stream Blizzard games or stream any of these other games. Is like they have the right to exercise their control over the IP. They choose not to do it because it's a smart thing, and they're not and it's stupid. Where the world's heading right, and they sell Some more people, games by. I'm telling you, 100 yes. percent of the time, 100 percent of the time, if somebody sees somebody playing a game, small to large, doesn't matter. The net result will be. You'll sell more games, even if in a very small way it's one or two copies, or in a massive way with a huge streamer it's thousands of copies. You are going to sell more of those games, not less, but more. It, to me, the I math think, is simple. To them, they're just like, doop, doop. I just think it's large institutional shell shock from having an entire industry ripped from you, the control over an industry ripped from you. I saw uh, there's a place I go to eat lunch. And it's like a mom and pop place. So they have all these CDs like available from just old collections. It's like 10 bucks for 10 CDs or whatever. Nobody yeah. buys them, but it's fun to look through them. And I remember, oh, yeah, this used to be a thing. Like you, you couldn't even hear a song unless it was on the radio. And then you had to buy the CD or someone, you know, taped it or, you know, legally or whatever. Right, like right. that whole world is gone. That whole income stream and ability to control product is just, it's gone. And they, you know, they're in shock. I think they're just still in institutional shock. It's just effed. It's so effed. All right. Yeah. Well, we've talked about most of these games. Uh, we're going to move forward now and do a little fun thing that we like to do every week. Today, I was thinking to myself, you know, I wonder how Marble World is. And we're going to find out. It's a game on Steam. And uh, we're going to have a Dear Martha related to that. So sit back and enjoy Dear Martha Steam Reviews. Take it away, John. <laughs> Get ready to do this four times, Scott. All right, I'm ready. Advance notice. I'm ready. My dearest Martha, my review of Marble World. Love the game. I'd give it 4.5 out of 5. The reason I don't give a full five stars is because only for Windows. I understand that things are weird, but maybe making it available to Mac would be really cool and add more to, of the community to the game. Yours in this life and the next, Strixtrox. Okay, there's number one. Number two. My dearest Martha, just a follow-up on my previous review. I don't want to update my rating. It's still a 4.5 out of 5. <laughs> I know this is still early access, but it would be pretty nice if something like gates were added, letting you stop all your marbles at specific areas. Another thing that would be cool would be a sort of trash block where once a marble touches it, it automatically deleted. Again, this game is still early access, so it doesn't matter for how long it takes, as long as it can be done. Yours forever, Strixtrox. 
<laughs> All right. Here comes another one. My dearest Martha, another thing is with the turns. They don't work with the auto thing, so you have to manually fix it so it can actually go the direction you want to turn. Anyway, catch you later. Yours in this life and the next, Strixtrox. <laughs> All right. There's one more, right? Yep. Okay. I didn't have it ready. Let me hit this play here. Okay. My dearest, oh, there you go. Go ahead. My dearest Martha, they've added a right turn. Yours in this life and the next. <laughs> Strict strikes. Tell me this is real. You didn't just make this up. Is this real? It's 100% real. That's amazing. I mean, real here, reviews. Deal. That's amazing. There's the review. That's incredible. I can't believe that exists. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. That was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well done on that. How'd you find that? Like, you're just hunting around. And you're like, oh, look at this guy that keeps talking about the same game. Like, how'd you even know to pull? I, I was in a real, I found this like two minutes before we went live. I was having a hard time finding a Steam <laughs> review. I don't know. I don't remember how I got to Marble World. I think I just was looking in casual games. Yeah. And I just saw this and I was like, man, this guy edited his review a lot. Oh, and he replied to his own review with updates. <laughs> this would be funny. I think it might be the best one you've done. So sometimes the last minute is I, the best minute. I, I appreciated that it was only made for Windows. So that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's somehow weird. It's not weird at all. It's pretty no. common. Like, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> most of the games here, by the way, are mostly made for Windows. So. Yeah. Don't be so weird, dude. All right, here we go. Check this out. Hey, time to talk about games we played this week. I know I talked about it a bunch last week, so I won't go into a ton of detail, but I did play a bunch more Tainted Grail. I unlocked two classes in that game. I think Tainted Grail is awesome. The Summoner is great. It just plays very differently. The way I'll say this is for this, you know, combo RPG card battler roguelite combo thing with beautiful graphics, uh, the thing that really sets it apart i think is the classes and it feels like dicey dungeons for some reason and i don't mean like the way it looks obviously not that not even really how it plays but the class diversity you know how crazy different those different dice dicey dungeons classes are like the robot guy does some wacky shit nobody else does and that's how this feels so far that summoner couldn't be more different than the guy with the sword and the guy the arrow guy just unlocked the sentinel i think he's called completely different than those other two. They get totally different cards and ways of playing. That to me is a sign of longevity. And they've got like, well, in the image where you choose your character, there's like 20 dudes around that table. So I have a feeling yeah, there's, there's a lot just of classes. I know. Yeah. There's yeah. like a nonstop thing. There's like a so, necromancer. So can, I, and, can, I, can I ask you something? Yeah. This is early access, right? So no, it's out. You have it's a better done. PC than, Oh, it's fully out. Yeah. It's full, fully out. Okay, so you have a better PC than I do, so I just I don't want to judge this, but it felt like the game needs a bit of polish on the animation front. Did you oh, feel really? that, like the blocks and hits? Because it could just be my PC. No, it's really smooth for me. Um, okay, really then it's probably smooth. me. Yeah. So oh, that, bum, that bums me out to hear that, because I was hoping it would perform okay for you. But Well, I could turn the graphics down. I had it on Ultra, so... Yeah, it might it. be that. I wonder if it chops it might, out. It just felt like it was choppy, oh, but only when animating and moving around, but... And I was streaming at the same time, too, as I did it. So. Yeah, it's definitely not that on my end. Um, I'm trying to think if I've had any hitches. I don't think I have. Um, but, boy, it goes, it gets real cool real soon. Like, when you start unlocking dudes you find out in the world that go back to your town and become your blacksmith or become your, you know, these different sort of Diablo town types. 
It feels um, like Diablo card battler. Oh yeah, like, yeah. it's as close as you're going to get to Diablo the card battler version. Very much so. Tell. Yeah, that that tone is definitely definitely there. And I'm glad I, I kept going because they did warn me a bunch in the beginning in the tutorial. They're like, look, you're going to die a bunch. Don't let that freak you out. Just go back out, do it again, do it again. You're going to be able to build yourself up, and if you accept that for the first few runs, it gets really fun. Like really cool stuff gets unlocked. Really great perks of starting over. Uh, if you die, you can like start over with like 20 extra health or 200 extra dollars to spend or whatever the money is, the gold or whatever it is. Um, and it's I really like it. It's it's got its claws in me pretty good. Uh, the game again is called Tainted Grail and is available now on Steam in full release. It was in early access for like a year, but it's out now for good. Um, and I hope yours, I don't know, maybe fiddle with the settings because that bums me out. It's one of my yeah, favorite things about settings. it because it's beautiful, man. That game is gorgeous. I just felt it was kind of choppy, not on the frame rate, like idling. It was okay. It was just when I was doing things, it just felt a little hmm. like I played Griff Lens directly before it. And Griff oh, Lens yeah. is just way buttery smooth and nice. And, and right. so this game just felt like it had the, the 3D game jank a little bit. But I, totally I thought it was an early saying. access, but it was it, I assume it's my computer. It might be. Um, that's good to hear about your uh, Grifflands experience. We'll talk about that one soon, too, because that game's awesome. Also awesome. Um, anyway, I loved it. It's really good. I also fired up Yakuza Like a Dragon, and that game's crazy and weird, and I love it so far. I'm not very far. I played just enough to sort of talk about it on the show, but it's on Game Pass now, so I downloaded it that night when they announced it and started playing it, and it is a way better-looking one of these uh, games. So definitely, you know, better hair tech and just lighting and everything looks just better. Um, the story's nuts. It's just, <laughs> I don't even know what to make of it. I haven't even gotten to the stuff where I got like a homeless guy on my team or like any of the weird like over-the-top battle stuff. I'm not even there yet, but already <laughs> it's just great. The it's Yakuza, Yakuza great. through and through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the what, I, what I'm most impressed by yeah. having played some Yakuza games is that they all take place on the same game map. Like, <laughs> it's literally Camarucho, like, every game. Like, I played the first one, I played Zero, I loaded up a different one. It's always the same map. Yeah. It's all, like, it's, it, it's impressive. I'm yeah. like, who, what other game would get away from, from you know, imagine Metro, Metroid Dread being in the exact same levels as Super Metroid <laughs> or something. You'd riot. Yeah, That's you're right. You're it right. is. It's Kemarucho again. You're right. It's, I mean, it's obviously spruced up, but it, it's sort of the same layout, and you feel like you're, it's immediately familiar the minute you're walking. Well, I know the neighborhoods. It. I know what the champion district <laughs> is. Like, I'm like, there's a champion district in all of them. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, John, John is absolutely right about like, uh, the the turn based the turn based combat I really like it I, th- I remember you kind of praising that back when you first played it and um, I love it I really like it a lot I like the idea of that system being overlaid on this and also finally a Yakuza game where I can save any damn time I want holy shit that took a long enough time I don't want to go to any more oh, uh, phone yeah. booths for hell's <laughs> sakes just let me save and this one does you just hit pause and save it's great so. Anyway, playing that on. I uh, like the, the the one mechanic I encountered in it, which I really like, is like you press A to attack, but if the guy's on the ground, you really super stomp him. Like it's like the most dishonorable thing ever. You do critical hits. Oh yeah. When he's on the ground, if you press it fast enough. Yeah. I like, oh, that's cool. And I think it dings you on your reputation when you do that. I think there's a whole rep oh, system. Oh. There's I didn't all... get that far. I did one fight. So. Yeah. You probably I fought the big the... guy that was uh, 
owed money or the, whatever? Is that the fight? You know, well, it's the guy who's ch- selling animal porn to kids. Oh, that, right. It yeah. open, the game <laughs> opens up with some guy who's like, who you're like, you're, you're like, I saw you selling animal, I saw you selling your bootleg video cassettes to kids. What's on there? And he's like, it's just animal porn. And he's like, what? You can't sell animal porn. And the other guy's like, we're not cops. Let him do what he wants. Yeah. He's like, no way. We're not letting anyone, any kids watching animal porn. What will they think of the Yakuza? And you're like, is this how crime organizations work? Like, I just, I know. I'm like, okay. And, and then you beat him up and take his money. And, but then uh, there's scenes where right. the drama gets real serious and like real, like intriguing and, I don't know. Those Yakuza games are so weird, but I I get it. I get why they're popular, and I'm I'm gonna <laughs> stay with pipes. it. <laughs> yeah, shit pipes. Yeah, like sent my first uh, fetch quest was to get a plunger for some backup plumbing. <laughs> like what the frick? Yeah, how can you not like this game? I think I like it better in RPG mode because then you get the actual quests like that. It's not yeah. like that so much in the other games. Yeah, the other ones play like I don't know. They're like a weird hybrid of GTA and I don't know. I don't know what else to compare those to, but these, this one's Shenmue. It's yeah, like Shenmue. Shenmue. Yeah, that's a fair point. These are all, all of them are a bit like it, especially all the side shit, but this one feels a little more, I don't know. I can't, I don't know how to explain it. There's an energy to it that really grabbed me right away. And I'm, I'm going to. They're definitely leaving more into the humor because the Yakuza games generally have a serious tone and yeah. then a silly tone. And so far it's just all silly. So yeah. uh, that's probably a good thing. I think. Yeah. Being pretty goofy. Um, I also played a bunch of a game called Traveler's Rest uh, without getting into it too much because uh, it's really kind of the game I would talk about on the on my indie show. But it's basically like um, imagine uh, uh, not Animal Crossing is a bad example. Um, what's the f- uh, what's the one everyone loved? Um, the forest one. <laughs> Shit. Harvest Moon. No, but it's like that. Animal Crossing. Uh, the one guy made it. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Geez. Yep. I feel like That's we've a, done this like three or four we times. We have. Every, I do this every Stardew time. Stardew Valley, you're just like... Stardew not- Valley leaves my head. I don't know why it does. It just leaves me... It leaves me. I'll remember... Quick, Scott, time. what's the game that's stealth-based that Arcane makes? Uh, Red Walkers. Oh, you mean the... the? I'm talking about the new one. You mean the one with the one I talk about that I can never remember what the face uh-huh. mask is? Uh-huh. That's yep. called... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Hold on. Say it. Say what's Un- on your mind. Rena- unrenowned. Un- <laughs> no, starts, starts with a D. Disown- <laughs> dishonored. Dishonored. Yeah. I almost said disowned. <laughs> you weren't sure halfway through. Like, I can't do it. I don't know why. They, certain things just leave me. It's like me trying to... I have this thing where um, I mix up the names of... Oh, who is it? The the two actors. No, I can't even think of anything right now. I can't think of anything right now. I don't remember the name. But I never remember. But if you say to me, who's who's Mad Max? Tom Hardy. Uh, what's um, who used to say? Yeah, you're talking about Tom Gibson or, or, or no? Hardy. I can't. I freaking can't remember. I can't remember the name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is. The uh, point is, unrenowned is a great. Unrenowned game is an awesome studio. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I do that. And I've got that game installed. I've been playing it. Like, it's right over there. And I don't know why. I can't remember it. Anyway, the point is... Unrenowned was closer to undeliverable. (laughs) It's definitely improved. But the one I was looking for there was Stardew Valley. So Stardew Valley is more about, like, uh, that life simulator with, you know, farming and cleaning and and, and a day cycle and kill stuff in the caves. And there's the townspeople and, you know, a little bit of Animal Crossing, a little bit of survival, a little bit of whatever. All that stuff in one. And fishing and all that. That is a cool thing and I'm, I'm a fan of those games 
But this is, you are a tavern owner. And it is focused 100% on the tavern. It's a little pixelated style. It reminds me a lot of Stardew Valley. But you run this tavern, and the goal is to open shop and have them come in and buy your shit. And it reminds me a little bit of Moonlighter in that you got to go farm stuff out back and pick up some rocks on the way in and get some twigs and sticks for fuel. And then when you're in there, you might want to make a bunch of porridge and pre-make a bunch of these beers and have them ready so that when you open the doors, people can just come buy them. You don't have to make them while they're there. You keep their tables clean. They drop shit on the floor all the time, so you got to clean those up. So it's like this little tavern simulator that's set in like a fantasy realm. And I'm loving it. I'm just loving it. If any of that sounds like stuff you're into, Traveler's Rest is way cool. It's in early access. It's by this developer that previously did a, a game called Among the Stars, which was like a, a full-on Unreal Engine 3D space game. This is nothing like that. Very, very different game. But I like it, and I'm into it. Traveler's Rest. This looks awesome. I might I might pick this up. Yeah, this you might like great. it, too. I, I think it's great. It's just got enough of all of those little, like, oh, you got to craft this, and you got a new recipe for that, and you got levels, and you got to pay remember to pay your cat every day because you're trying to build a relationship with this cat of yours, and you got to fill his water bowl after you wake up in the morning, and you go to sleep at night and save, and it's all that stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely uh, hard pass for me. Doesn't sound like your jam. Yeah, no, I would. I didn't think of you when I was playing it very much. I thought, you know, Bo's probably not going to play it. <laughs> Scott, how, how? Oh no, you didn't think of me. <laughs> it's totally fine. But I, I, uh, I don't know what those those games. I really like the loop of them, and this one, this one feels pretty good. So, oh, I understand the appeal for sure. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. If I sounded like I was being a poopoo head, then sorry. Well, no, no, you're good. I can't wait to get to House Flipper with John because I got real questions for John. And then I also oh, dusted off Invisible Ink again, which is one of my favorite games of all time. It holds up. It's six years old and feels new. I talked about that at the top of the show. And I'm going to only bring this up because later in our emails, we'll hit it again because we have a listener asking questions. Perfect timing. So Invisible Ink, just putting it out there. If you see it on sale or otherwise, no brainer. That game is awesome. XCOM meets Super 60 Spy Thriller. Meets awesome art style. On my to-do list as well. Oh, Shit. it's such a great game. I've downloaded that game 10 times from you talking about it on the show, and I still have yet to just fire you it up. should just play it. I'll bet you get completely I'm gonna, immersed I'm in gonna it. I'm going to download it again today and just do it now. Those guys <laughs> don't know how to make a bad video game. They don't know how to do it. They try, but they can't do it. It's all their well, games. Sorry, is that Clay? Games. They try. Yeah. That's their goal. That's They're their like, goal is to try to, try to fail. They're going to make the worst game ever. They're like, oh, we're going to try 2D stealth. This is going to fail miserably. What a piece of garbage. Oh, crap. Mark and the Ninja is really good and one of the greatest games ever. Okay, well, moving on to the next one. And then they make another classic it? while they tried to blow it up and it didn't work. They're amazing. They're amazing. Is it Clay that makes it? Sorry. Yes, it is Clay. Yeah. Uh, I think their best game is my favorite. Um, all right. John, you played a bunch of Final Fantasy. Anything new to uh, Yeah. I'm I'm to the Shadowbringers expansion, yep. the one that everybody talks about, the the big deal. Yep. And uh, I get it. It turns out that's really good. In fact, the comparison I would make, I, honestly, I'm shocked because when I started my adventure in Shadowbringers, yep. I was like, this is what this expansion is. And it's not one-to-one, so nobody has to worry about spoilers, but it would be like it'd be like when we first went into Warlords of Draenor. Okay. You know, and it's like, hey, this is the WoW expansion that's about time travel yeah. to a different reality. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, it's sort of related to what we were doing, I guess, but yeah. this is very different. 
Except instead of just uh, sitting in a garrison for an entire expansion, <laughs> uh, it turns out it's one of the best like RPGs. It's really good. Huh. And I don't think I'm even to the part that people freak out about, but I'm I'm astounded at how good it is and how into the story they're telling I am. Wow. Is the and, when's the uh, new one out? That's a lot to live up to, is I guess is what I'm saying. Do you think they can do it? Think they can keep this? Yeah, up? the the new one's in November. And actually I I was kind of reminded of this as we kind of you know, as we're approaching the release of the big wow patch. And now, you know, in November, we're going to be getting an expansion to final fantasy. Um, one of the main differences between wow and final fantasy is, uh, they don't do a PTR for final fantasy. Mm. (laughs) So nobody knows what's coming in this expansion. Yeah. There's no data mind. Here's where we're going. Here's what it is. Here's all the cutscenes. I already know what happens in 9.1 for the most part. I've seen it all. Wowhead 9.1 came out months ago. But huh. a Final Fantasy expansion, like, it is fresh. It can't help but be fresh. You will go in completely blind. I And if Shadowbringers is any indication, I have no idea where they're going to go. They go anywhere. Like, it's insane what they're willing to do with that story. And then how good it is when you get there. Um, it also, it felt, this expansion feels the most D&D to me. Because huh. you actually go to a place that's populated by pixies. This oh, is going to no. sound weird. Mm. This is the best depiction of pixies in a video game that I've ever oh, seen. Really? Pixie beef incoming. <laughs> Pixie get, beef. Get ready. Because, like... <laughs> I don't think there are it's, any pixies in ESO. We're good. We're all right. That, like, for anybody that plays D&D and thinks about, like, the Feywilds and stuff like that, yeah. like, you know that it's a place where you get tricks played on you and you can't really believe your eyes and you got to be very careful what you tell people and, you know, names having power over you and all these sorts of things. All those elements are there in this section of the game. And it was so cool. Huh. I just really loved that stuff. And uh, it feels like it's been a fantastic journey. So. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Wow. Any dragons of note? Uh, no. Okay. Dragon. No Beef. All right. Uh, sounds good. Uh, all right. Now, man, this we. I'm so glad we're getting to this. Brian, or Brian, John got yeah. House Flipper uh, gifted <laughs> by a listener, right? Andy gave it to you, got gifted. Yeah. Uh, listener, Andy. <laughs> said, I want to hear John's take on these games that Scott's been playing, because he heard what I said, which was, I would love to play a game like this, but I'm not going to spend money on it. Yeah. Uh, and got me House Flipper. <laughs> wow, so, that's very nice. Very nice of him. Now, but the thing I will say is I heard this week somebody coined a term for these games. They call them, uh, uh, if, you're a, if you're a hardcore gamer of this genre, you are a chore core, is what I've heard. Chorecore? Uh, yeah, That's chore a core. great name. It's pretty good because wow. it's a lot about chores. Sounds and like stuff. a Pokemon. <laughs> God, it does. Oh, one last thing I want to say about Final Fantasy. I almost forgot. Just before we move on, real quick. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed a lot of prominent ish WoW content creators seem to be dipping their feet over there in the Final Fantasy and making content for it and. Some of them, like I saw Asmogold put up a big angry rant about, hey, Blizzard, you need to get your poop together because look at this game. Like, that seems significant to me that they're that they're getting that kind of um, 
I don't know that creators are feeling feeling the draw and 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 not being necessarily as as one hundred percent focused, dedicated as they have been in the past a while. That surprised me. I I mean, it's a real testament to how long it's been between uh, release and patch. We now have a date for the nine point one patch, so we'll see if it holds. Yeah. Um, and what happens with those content creators? But it. It makes sense. We've been sitting on our thumbs. If you're a WoW player, uh, it's been a really long time. Um, I think Taliesin uh, and Evatel just put out a graphic that said we are like three days away from the 9.0 section of the game would have encompassed the entirety of the Warlords of Draenor content release. Yeah. So in three days, it would have matched how long it took to get to the last patch of Warlords of Draenor. So in our initial release, they did everything that they dropped. Now that game notoriously only had two patches and one of them was a selfie cam, but still (laughs) that's shocking. That's super shocking. Yeah. So I think you could knock that stupid Pepe out of the tree or something. That was the other thing. You could mess with the bird. That was yeah, in your maybe garrison. they're hard at work fixing, putting extra time in to fix the complaints of the base game. Well, well today we got an we got an announced release today. Uh, it was just today. It's coming out 29th? Yeah. 29th, I think. Yeah. yeah. So nine point one is twenty ninth. Yeah, of June. Okay. That's a little sooner mm. than people expected. Sooner than I thought. Well, I mean, maybe just they're working on a, f- a follow up MMO and their resources are tapped. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I doubt it. Maybe uh, it could um, be. But I doubt it. But anyway, House Flipper. Yeah. Let's talk about House. Oh Flipper yeah, House Flipper. So, John, what do you think of House Flipper? Where you you literally go into a junky old house, you get a contract, and they're like, "Clean it all up, fix those walls." You got these eight things I need you to do, and you go do them, and and you get paid, and then you do another one, and it's great. So, you know how I feel. I think House Flipper is awesome. It's got an overwhelmingly positive review for a reason. What do you think? I freaking love House Flipper. <laughs> this oh, game damn. is super fun. <laughs> And I'm going to say a lot of this time, so this is not an accurate reflection of my playtime because I did a lot of leaving it up and running and then going and taking care of a baby. Right. But I launched it, I think, yesterday. Yeah. I think yesterday was the first time I started playing it because I was like, oh, I need to talk about more than Final Fantasy for core. I should at least play something. And this was gifted to me, so I definitely should play it. Yeah. Uh, I have 10 hours in that game. Oh my gosh, dude. That's awesome. I think that may equal how long I've been in there total. That's incredible. I really like it. There's something very just now I will say I am keenly aware of the fact that I am ignoring these exact same chores in my real life to do it in other people's fake virtual houses Mm -hmm. and a, a level of, depression sinks in when i think about that but you know what helps that depression mm. playing more house because <laughs> it's really chill and it makes me feel good yeah. so and the- it's a little cycle of like oh man i should do more with my life well i'll make myself feel better by playing house flip yeah more of the drug just hit, hit that pump i mean here's the thing it's got great progression uh the it's not really level based but you're unlocking perks all the time because you're doing the task so if you're painting a lot of walls, you're going to upgrade your paint abilities and be able to do three stripes at once, four stripes at once, uh, use less paint out of the can. Like all these benefits just come and come and they come fast. Like you're just always <laughs> getting better. And 
it's and the progression's just great. It's like, well, now I'm moving on to a dorm room. Man, that place is a shithole, but Oh, geez. Yeah. The student dorm room that I had to clean yeah, was like going gross. through an alcohol store and just buying everything. Yeah. It was yeah. Do they have but, uh, like dead bodies and stuff? Can you buy really dilapidated homes or I want to say I haven't there's, seen any yeah. dead bodies, but there's definitely some dubious like Oh yeah. Here's big red stains on the sink, and you're like, well, "What the hell happened here?" <laughs> oh, definitely. But but they there, do. There's some. There's some uh, workshop stuff though, like fan made stuff. That's. that's oh god! Oh, no, yeah. no. Oh yeah. You, you can bring a blacklight into. A re- renovated I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how how gross it gets, but I know that there is some of that in there. They got like bodies and you know, or not bodies, but, but like you know, crime scenes and stuff. So. <laughs> even some of their official stuff, like I I logged in today. And I wasn't really paying attention to it because, I don't know, my brain just tries to ignore, like, hey, player DLC, like, things that pop up. But one popped up. And all of a sudden it caught me. You can go to the Dragon Ball Z Kame house mm-hmm. and and clean up the house from Dragon Ball Z. And I think it might be genuinely accurately branded or they're being very careful and cheeky about how they oh, do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. But, like... It's literally a Dragon Ball Z tie-in. And I was like, wow, this game. This game's just great. Yeah, it's great. And there's something satisfying about finishing. Like, I can't leave stuff undone. So even when they're, like, optional, they don't. the job doesn't even include me cleaning that hallway. It's just the rooms or whatever or the yeah. the, the redoing of a bedroom or whatever. I'll get out in the hall and go, this, I hate this wall. It's so dirty. I'm going to freaking clean it. <laughs> like, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. And, uh, well, there's times where the, you leave like a brick wall like exposed, and they're like, "No, that's good. You did the job." And I'm like, "No, I didn't. Bricks <laughs> are exposed. We're gonna paint over the top of this. This yeah. is gonna be. This is gonna look nice when I leave here." Or, "Hey, buy three chairs," and you're like, "Okay, uh, this doesn't look symmetrical at all. I will buy a fourth chair and make it look right <laughs> yeah. and uh, do it proper." The only mechanic there's t- well there's two mechanics I don't really like in the game. Okay. I don't like vacuuming up cockroaches, which oh, they hate. actually yeah, do they that. have a setting that changes cockroaches to glass if yeah. you don't like bugs. If you got a bug um, thing or whatever, uh, what's it interesting. called? Uh, not a paranoia. What do you call that? A uh, phobia. Phobia. You got a some kind of bug phobia that they turn it into glass so it doesn't look like bugs. But they're hard to get. I do. I also do not like doing that. You just sit there with the vacuum going over it, and nothing happens. It feels like forever, and then eventually, it's just like, yeah, they left. You got them. It's yeah. like, but yeah, what? Uh, okay. I, I don't, don't like that, that and I don't like shoveling debris. Have you had to shovel debris yet? I don't think I've done any debris yet. Um, do you, are Double. you? Are you're probably well past the part where you're where you break up walls with a hammer now instead of a shotgun, right? Can somebody out of a shotgun? Well, I never used a shotgun to break walls. I had a hammer from the moment they told me. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So I don't know if this was because of the package I bought of the game because I bought it with a bunch of DLC. So maybe it was just in there. But I want to ask actual people (laughs) people who actually tear down drywall and brick and everything is there ever a time where you take a shotgun to a wall and that's how you start it? Heavens no. Oh my God. Like you get a hammer or you get a really big machine with a big. That's what you I know, thought. You've seen those big wrecking ball machines, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how I came in. I came in like a wrecking ball. But no, like I, I, that's how I did it for the first, until I upgraded it. And it was like, okay, now you can have this big giant sledgehammer. And I was like, oh, okay, that seems like it's getting more of the wall. But in the beginning, <laughs> I'm shooting my shotgun. walls. Yeah. It's like point blank shotgun. It was, it was 
it was awesome. I'd like to see this this TV show, this like reality <laughs> show of people tearing down houses, but they're like hillbillies with shotguns and like, let's yeah. get that wall down. <laughs> I thought it was a little weird, but um look, it is not the most realistic game in the whole wide world. You basically use a generic ass broom and then eventually a mop to clean literally everything. It's like, oh, somebody graffitied the wall. You're like, well, let me just rub my broom on it for a second. Yep, yeah, there goes the graffiti. Work. It's gone. Oh. But not to the shotgun level with the <laughs> I just I just found out why I just found out why and now I'm sad it was an April Fool's joke in the game and if you if you played it during the April Fool's event you got the shotgun oh you got trolled you didn't (laughs) you got trolled I didn't know that well I mean I just used it it was great it did the job but I didn't realize that that was that explains it because I was playing this game a lot in April (laughs) so I think that's what happened I don't know if they take those out after an event that's the other thing the game has events all year has all kinds of weird Halloween stuff and you know got to clean wow. up a big giant Halloween party and all sort of thing. It's just stupid addicting. I don't know what it is about these kind of games and you know, you guys heard me talk about it. I got really hooked on the whole whatever this subgenre is and um I'm really glad to hear that John understands now. <laughs> uh, I totally get it. Yeah. I think part of what makes it so good is it can it doesn't overcomplicate it too much. Some of the processes are a little involved. Like you do have to get paint on the paintbrush and then you can start painting and it will run out and you'll have to get more paint on the paintbrush. But like you don't have to like, okay, I have to get my mop and I have to put it in the water and I have to go and I have to mop and then I have to make sure it doesn't dribble on the floor and I have to make sure I don't have to walk through the water. Like it walks that line of like, it's going to be a chore, yeah. but it's not going to be too much right. to really put you off of doing it. And and I think that's the part that has nailed it for me. Because a lot of the other ones that are in this kind of genre yeah. are just too complicated or too hard to control. And I, I wind up fighting the controls or the mechanics of the game. And it's like, well, this isn't going to... This isn't going to relax me, which is what this game does, which is why I like it. Totally agree. They don't make things like moving stuff around or using the store tablet where the thing just, you know, appears when you buy it. Like they gamify that stuff in a way that doesn't, that's just fun and breezy and doesn't get in the way. Then they gamify the things that are like work and then they feel like less work because they're gamified. And then you also know even the ones like wallpapers of pain but you know the XP is good for it, right? So you know that you're going to get, like the the risk reward is really strong with it. And it's just such a dumb idea that works. I don't know. Like I'm I'm not surprised it had the success it did because it just really is a really good one of those. I think probably the best of those um, kinds of games, the best I've played. Although it's also very clearly, I think, European in its make. Because oh, I don't yeah. know, may, maybe it's just an Arizona thing, like how people outside of here don't know what a cheese crisp is. But like, I've installed a lot of radiators, and I've never seen a radiator in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Every house I go into, they're like, "Well, you better install a radiator." I'm like, I don't even know what a radiator really. I I do know what it is. Yeah. But I've never seen one yet. For some reason, it is critical to have in every single damn room of a house that I go in. And then they they throw in like the bathroom towel radiator, which that I'd never heard of. (laughs) So I don't know if that's like my part of America thing or if that's a American thing and that like a European thing. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know 
what See, the fascination I, well, is with radiators. And what's weird is I really enjoy the those mini games are fun. Like the putting a toilet in or a shower in or these, you know, a radiator, like you mentioned. It's simple. It's not like they're gone too crazy or fixing an outlet. That's all horrible in real life. I don't want to do any of that. But in here, it's like, oh, squeak, 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 squeak. Okay, take that screw off. Move this over thing. Okay, put that bar in. I don't know. There's something really satisfying about it. So I think it's to their credit that they just made mechanics that are not too crazy and anybody can play. And I don't know. It's it's a weird thing, man. House flipper. 10 out of 10. I like that the chat's giving me shit for not knowing what a radiator is. Guys, it was 116 degrees here yesterday. Yeah. It's a foreign concept to me, okay? Yeah, radiators, <laughs> they don't have heaters the way that the rest of the world does. Plus, you guys, I mean, AC is a science in Phoenix. Like, it's a special level of... You think you have cool AC in the South? Go to Phoenix. You're going to find technology well beyond your your typical. It's insane. Because they have to survive in, in hellscapes. That's what they do. Yeah. No one should live in Arizona. <laughs> That's what we're saying. Nobody should. I don't mean they shouldn't live there because it's not cool to live there. I'm saying it's too hot for a human being to survive without human intervention. And thankfully they have that. I also like selling shit. There's that selling gun. So if you have yeah. a bunch of stuff you can just sell in the room, it's so satisfying just to vacuum it up with a selling gun and have it go bloop, 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 bloop. And let's watch the money just count up. It's great. I mean, Except was, when you try to sell stuff they don't want you to sell, and oh, then your yeah. character has the real introspective, I don't want to make money this way. <laughs> like, I do. Zap that stuff with your selling gun. Yeah. Sell it. Yeah. There's some codes and cheats and stuff. I haven't used any of them, but apparently you can just sell everything with some codes. Anyway, uh, House Flipper. Awesome. Thanks, Andy, for sending that to him. I feel vindicated somehow, and uh, I yeah. appreciate it. All right, Bo. Uh Finished up. I thought we. Uh, do you, I thought you finished Cyberpunk last week. No, this week. I don't remember now. Oh, maybe. I think it's because he said it. I think it's because he said. I was it on the final time. mission last week. Oh, I was on the that's final what it was. Okay. So I'm I'm fully done now, and I I might not talk about it depending on if you guys want to play it. It'd be much easier to talk about sound spoilers with you guys playing it. I'm but definitely going to play it. Um, but I can give some impressions, although my impressions might flavor your playthrough. So I might just skip it until one of you are ready to talk about it. But I. Did you guys notice it's back on the Sony store for pre-order right now? Yeah, it's a new patch that came out today. It fixed more bugs because it's coming back to PS4, so there's a pre-patch for it. Must have been enough, I guess, I, for, for people. Yeah, but. I don't know if I should say it. Let's just say I think now having seen the whole game, it's a, it's borderline disappointing at this point. Oh, And I was really jazzed for it, but... Mm. Taking the picture of the whole, I still really like the game. I still really respect it. It's just it's not science fiction. Like there's the cyber is a cyberpunk setting. There's very cool moments. There's neat things in there they touch on. It's definitely not a satisfying conclusion, I guess, to the story. So I'd be interested to see, hear people's takes. There's also several endings. So if yeah. you're not aware of that, but it's disappointing. I think how they implemented them because it's not. I'll just say this: in the game, there are three meters in the pause screen that fill up as you go that you would think would have an impact on the ending that don't. So oh. know that now. So mm. don't stress about them. You don't have to fill them up. They're pretty much meaningless as far as I can tell. Um, I don't know the actual super intricate mechanics, but I'll say this. I ended my game early, so my canonical game ended before most endings do. Mm. Um, I don't know if you want to know about that ending so you can avoid it. Because uh, it's definitely not the best one. 
I but, don't I don't mind because it's not going to bug me and it's going to be a long time before I potentially finish. So Scott, I'm willing to talk about mind. one ending because you may want yeah, to avoid go, it. Go for it. Uh, chat room. So, if you don't want to hear this, then or anyone. Yes, on, you can it's pause, spoiler but, time. Yeah. In the ending I chose before I go on the final mission of the thing that we're prepping for that's supposed to, supposed to be superly badass and all that. Yeah. Um, you have to choose between going in as yourself or going in as Ke- letting Keanu take over, take yeah. the keys, right? Yeah. And then there's some other choices involved. It's, it's a lot more elaborate, the choice tree, so I'm not spoiling much. Yeah. But there is an option where you can just kill yourself. And uh, please, suicide is not a funny thing. Call the suicide line if you have somebody you care about, blah, 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 just right, in case right. I make some jokes about it. But right. um, <laughs> you literally are like, what if I just end it all? And the best part is Keanu sits down next to you and he goes, you know what, man, you're right. I think we should, you should kill yourself. <laughs> and they're all at peace with it. And then you kill yourself. Wow. And that's the end of the game. And then everyone in the game messages you to say, you know, some people are mad that you killed yourself and some people are just sad. And it's so, so depressing. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is awful. <laughs> like, and the game just ends early, rolls credits. and But all, not effect- like, you're characters- saying not effectively so. Like, that's, I, I could see. It was moving. Yeah. I felt like horrible. Like, that part I felt horrible about. Yeah. The disappointing has to do with the rest. So I think actually this was a highlight in a not so great way, but it was done. It was moving. I will yeah. say that. Okay. It was the most moving of all the endings because suicide is a serious thing. And I was like, oh, all these people were like, you know, doing the typical voice acted really well. Like, I'm so mad at you. but You're so selfish. Why did you do, you know, all that stuff. It was like, I was like, whoa, man, this I'm like, this is a real bad trip here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was just a cool decision. You know, I was going to be like, you know, kill yourself. But really, then some badass thing happens. Right. And. Just know that that's a literal option in there that will end your game early and depress the hell out of you. Wow. And so that's my canonical end because that's the one I picked on my natural playthrough. Oh, wow, so, so then then <laughs> my other endings were just, let me see what else happens. Yeah. And, um, and there's a lot more that happens if you don't end it early. But I was just shocked that it was shocking the way they dramatized you talking to Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves literally going like, you know what, buddy? I think it is a good <laughs> I was like, oh my god, really? Wow. Yeah, you know, but that's he's he's a Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, live hard, die young, you know, and, and he just happens to come back from the dead in the form of an ingram in your brain. So his character embodies those things. So when you actually go to make that decision for yourself, he's on board with it. He's not I and I don't know if the relationship meter has to do with whether he talks you out of it or not, but I certainly had the option to. So huh. um yeah. That seems like, uh, I assume other endings, I mean, did you go back and... Other endings are more traditional. Okay. I guess what I want to say, I mean, it's okay to say this, I'm going to be very nonspecific, but the last mission is easy as pie, no matter what you pick. I've done a lot of the different endings. You know how games scale up in difficulty and challenge? This like scales down in difficulty and (laughs) challenge as it goes. So it's like, it's this crazy last mission. I I use my mind powers to kill everything in every level. And it's kind of short, I found. I kill everything, and I'm at the end of the game. And the ending is okay. The endings are satisfying. But the last, the big buildup to like, we're going up against the big bad guy. And I literally just like walk through it like it's nothing. Like, I'm, they didn't. The gameplay in this game, it's really, I've said Witcher doesn't have good gameplay and I'm now fully behind Cyberpunk having 
not very fun gameplay overall at all. You know, like oh wow, the stealth stuff is fun, and yeah. if you're role playing it, you can make fun with it. But as soon as there's no challenge, there's never a challenge anywhere. At least when you level up something. So, um, yeah, that's my right. experience. I um I appreciate the long form exposure to this through you in your eyes because i you know you yeah. you gave it asx is the superior science fiction i guess i wish they'd make more of those man so cool man. adam jensen where are you when we need you most uh you played mass effect uh legendary edition you said maybe some regrets interesting yeah so i dropped 80 bucks for this oh right? like 80 Canadian, which is... Because I got you know, swept up. You guys talked about it for weeks. And it wasn't a bad thing, but I played it and I forgot how unpopulated with items this game is. Like, it's... You know, the space station, the futuristic cool space station is just, like, gray walls everywhere and, like, there's a desk and a single laptop on it. Or something. I'm like... I was like, oh, no. Even though it's remastered, it's... Well, it's definitely a... a that's know. more of a Mass Effect 1 problem than a than a two and beyond problem like i i noticed yeah. that as well once i got to two it was like oh wow yeah this place is this place is hopping now there's aliens everywhere yeah. and the city's got all kinds of cool shit going on but. i figure as much i'm gonna stick with it but i was i it's a, it's a little bittersweet like the game i'm like oh it's the game i remember i like this feeling but also you can tell <laughs> i guess having just played cyberpunk that yeah. the the writing is very stodgy and not fluid like it is in cyberpunk or witcher like it's just and it's just how far we've come. It's okay. I just was, I was like, oh, maybe I didn't want to play this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because sure. what ended up happening was, which is the next game on my list, is I bought Witcher on Xbox for like $15. Like, the, like I paid 80 for Mass Effect, but then I had, after playing Cyberpunk, I was like, I wanted to see how this compared to Witcher. And I felt like playing it on my Xbox. It was on sale for 15 bucks. So I'm like, I could have just bought Witcher and skipped Mass Effects for now, considering how much I've played Witcher, mm-hmm. um, which I am enjoying again. Although I don't have much to say, but how's the definitely? Uh, they heard they updated it for frame rate and stuff. Did they? Does it feel good? Look good? Yeah, that? it plays. It looks great. It's super. It, it's super good. The only thing they didn't fix is how awkwardly Geralt moves around. Like it, sometimes he runs around, and you're like, I don't want him to run, and and he just he's just jittery, yeah, he's, and you have a hard time controlling. He's always and been weird. Yeah, he's just weird. Yeah. Have you tried both of the control options? I I don't oh, think either there... one solves it, but there is a I don't remember the name of it, but a lot of people complained with how Geralt controlled by default, and they came up with an alternate control scheme for him. And I don't remember what's on by default, but I would go into your options and see. See if you can find something as far as like movement control or something to that effect and see if it says original or alternate or anything like that and try it. Again, it's not going to fix it. It's not going to change it night to day, but it there may, is a I better, liked it better. A better yeah. controlling version. Yeah, right. I definitely I'll, I'll play it around with it then, yeah. I assume that's um, still in there. I always thought it was funny they kept the old one because the old one was universally hated, but... Um, yeah. It's just like he'll start running when you don't want him to, and you're trying not to tap the controller the whole way, and then he'll jerk around as you try to adjust it. He's going <laughs> yeah, all over the place. Right. I just want to loot that box. Like yeah. it's all over. It's a weird thing, man. Um, that game is so lush and, and detailed, and so I don't know, well animated. Otherwise, I don't know why they made him move so dumb. I don't, I don't get it's it. It's just in most of the town areas, it's actually cooler to walk at a slower pace because you feel like you're part of it. Like it's actually one of the few games I don't like running around the levels in because. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to do it that way. Right, right. I just want to do that in combat. 
but anyways, it's fine. I, I, I'm I'm playing that more that fifteen dollar purchase more than the Mass Effect right now. Um, which <laughs> I is, think that's you know, which hilarious. is why I'm like, why did I spend eighty dollars on Mass Effect when I want to play Witcher? Ugh. Yeah. But I'm sh- it'll probably be on Game Pass by the time I get to it, and I'll feel really bad. Well, um, just so you know, but, uh, they will give you um, Microsoft or sorry, yeah, Microsoft offers. Um, they're like Steam; they'll give you refunds for. Oh, I should Under check two out hours. on that. I might be beyond the. I might have. I think I still put in ten hours. Oh, I, I'm oh, on geez. the Citadel right now. Yeah, Never mind. So you're, yeah, you're you're now the longest. I, you're. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I spent Commander three Shepherd hours in the character creator. Yeah. <laughs> you spent. Yeah, you spent more than. You, I was just going to say you. You and John are that way. You're going to spend more time in that character creator than you are in the game. So. I'm trying to make a guy that looks like me. That's close, but not quite. He's like I think an ugly B movie version of me. <laughs> Wow. I'll, I'll have to share it with you so you can see. I'd love um, to see it. I don't have it here. And oh, uh, awesome. I played a bunch of the card battlers, which is the most exciting thing I'm talking about because I want to get back to playing these. So which of the... So you played Grifflands and you wrote, great. Thronebreaker, great. Tainted Grail, great. Needs lots of polish. But that may be your computer you're saying. That might be my PC. That was my impression. I enjoyed all of them. Mm. I, the one that was... So Grifflands, yeah. just 30 second review. It looks great. The card art's great. Everything about the package is perfect, beautiful. Yeah. It is overwhelmingly like everything is a word, a keyword from another game in their own. Like instead of enters the battlefield, it's some other word. Like yeah. They, yeah. because these things get trademarked in the card gaming world, they got to use, I guess, new names to feel fresh and original. And uh, my brain felt overwhelmed with like, what does this do? What does that do? What is this? Oh my God. Like, and I, to be fair, I just, I don't know if I skipped the tutorial, but I went. I like to go into the deep end, but I was very overwhelmed. Yeah, the, the, so, where it really gets tricky, like the actual battle cards, not such a problem. Like they kind of just are what they are. But the argument mm-hmm. cards, the because um, the game's got these two modes, right? You argue with people, or you know, yeah. have conversations, and then those are basically a kind of battle of their own. And yeah. those are using terms and methodology that i still haven't wrapped my head around i really don't get all of it yeah it's yeah. kind of two sets of lingo you you have the card lingo for grifflands as a game but then you also have the card lingo for battling versus uh argument combat and right, they're separate right. as well yeah yeah which is really that's a lot but i, I liked it like it, was, it wasn't a turnoff it was just i was really overwhelmed for, it was that was a feeling i had so if, if that kind of thing is not in your wheelhouse i wouldn't start with grifflands yeah. Uh, if you don't, if you know, I've never played TCGs and want to get into them. I think you might feel a little overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, Thronebreaker, which is a game I bought three or four years ago, or whenever it launched. Part of the, the reason that in, I never um, played it was because I never finished Witcher, and I right. was like worried about spoilers. Right. So I was like, I looked it up. I was like, F it. Like I'm going to play Witcher, but I'm also just going to try Thronebreaker because Gwent is fun. And so far, that that's been my favorite of the batch, just because it's. Triple A studio, it's well polished. Like it's, it's good, yeah. I like Thornbreak. It's really good. So I, that might be what I give my priority to, but I, I want to get to all of them. Uh, it's super amazing. Oh my god! Like I'm, I'm most excited to play Throne, Throne, Thorn, Thronebreaker. Thronebreaker. Next, the cool thing about Thronebreaker is they spared no expense on like voice acting, and I don't know if it's really cinematic for, for it's the kind a of game. It is very yeah. well polished package. And again, I went from Tainted Grail to Thronebreaker, so it's kind of unfair. Um, you know, it runs. It also runs good in a lot of systems where a smaller studio might not optimize for lower yeah. tech necessarily. That's so, a good point. Yeah. Um, taint, uh, so the last one was Tainted Grail, and I did enjoy what I played. Like that. That's a a lot of potential there, but I think it's really good so far, at least, you know, compared to Slay the Spire. I just, 
I got through the tutorial. The first monster they throw at you has like 2,000 health. I'm oh, like, yeah. They tried to see. And that's to what I was this? saying. They're trying to make you go, oh, I'm not going to live very long. So I'm going to learn some things and then I'm dead. They want you in the mood to die. And, that, mm-hmm. and I think it's to the game's credit. But they also know that that's a brain block for a lot of players, especially if you're new to the genre or new to roguelikes in general. You don't know yeah. that you're going to die so much. And that game really feeds it to you early on. But once you accept it, it's like, all right, cool. Another run. Let's go. Oh, awesome. I unlock this. All right. Next time. Oh, I got the blacksmith. Okay, cool. Oh, I lasted five more fights this time or, you know, whatever. They threw um, some hard stuff. Like they really don't because my second battle on my first run was this guy who summons totems. Yeah. And the totems were healing per turn more damage than I could put out with any of my cards. Like was, I'm like, this is literally unbeatable. Like yeah. I went as long as I could, but I was like, this is not fair. Yeah. But that's how these games go. You die, you get more powerful, you go again. Yeah, and so. you'll get some perks next time that will be like, oh, well, I can rip through that totem lady this time or whatever. And it definitely, you know, it definitely has some of that stuff. There's also an easy mode for players who just want to kind of have the story and not butt up against it. But I've just been doing the, the harder mode. I think mode. I might have picked the hardest difficulty. You might have. I did too. Um well, there's that only two. Explain as far why as everyone had a deep health pool. I think there's only two though. There's, I mean, well, okay. Uh, so there's to start with. There's easy mode for people that just want the the RPG, you know, experience. Then there's new run or the common run, which is starts at difficulty one, but that's where you're locked. Uh, you unlock yeah. other higher difficulties later, but it's the default hard hard play. I was thinking of Thronebreaker. Then I picked. I started on hardest. Oh, mode. gotcha. So far, okay. it was easy. Yeah, I'm, they're all blending together. <laughs> Yeah. They all had cards. They all had fights. They all had yeah. cards, difficulty levels. The tutorials were an hour each. Like that was the other thing too, is I ran my brain. Every game has different terms for their cards. So I've got three different sets of card game rules all jumbled in there last night. It's yeah. pretty funny. It's pretty cool. Um chat room uh Kelnanaz says once you get your head around the negotiations in Grifflands, meaning the argument stuff, it opens up a lot of different gameplay in the story. Yeah, like it does seem like the depth the three games we're describing today, the depth might be Grifflands. That might be where the real deep potential is. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is a little off-putting if you've never played one of these. Uh, it seems like the most mechanically complex. Yeah. And I would say so far of all the games, Tainted Grail seems the least mechanically complex in that there, it's very familiar ideas. Armor, damage. Attack, oh, yeah. defend. Yeah, for know, sure. Like so far. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's it's uh, pretty straightforward stuff. And for, I like it about that because it spends its time with RPG elements that these other games don't as much. Like there's really cool story going on. Although well, Grifflands has an amazing story, so I don't know. There's something about the battles resolving quickly that's appealing. Like that is a, that is a sort of appeal about Slay the Spires that a lot of the encounters don't take that long. Where I found in Grifflands, I was like tanking on decisions <laughs> about what to do. And same with even Thronebreaker. Gwent is like a pretty exact game where you have to get the right score and plan the right moves. And if you screw up, you basically lose at some points. Right. You know, like it can be very tactical. Mm-hmm. So the game stretch, the story element stretched on and the game stretched on where a Fantate Grail was like, okay, attack, 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 defend, defend. Okay, beat you. Attack, attack, defend. Yeah. And that's appealing to have shorter combat sessions. Yeah, I like them shorter. Whereas Griff, well, Grifflands also has amazing aesthetics and storytelling so it's just it's just kind of grabbing you in different ways and i i like how all these like companies are like we're making a slay the spire but we're doing our own twist i think all these twists are really good and interesting i thought monster train was rad for its own weird twists there's another one out by the magic the gathering creator guy 
called it just happened today what's it called oh really rogue oh, book shit. i think rogue well, book yeah well there's rogue lords which is not out yet i don't no. think but <sighs> what is it called rogue Rogue I think book? I'd actually remember Richard it. Garfield did one of these? That's worthy of attention. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it's also the Fae. Rogue book. Oh, there it is. Rogue book. Um, by the Fairy or the Fairia oh, devs and Garfield. It's out today, like this week. Uh, yeah, that could be interesting. I haven't looked at oh, I'm gonna reviews. I'm going to wish I don't have the cash for it right because now. Because on the, on the other hand, he also helped make that Dota game, the Dota card game that failed. So <laughs> I don't want to. Well. Yeah, but I, I've so beyond Magic the Gathering, I've played uh, two of his board games. I think King of Tokyo is one of them. Great yeah, game, yeah. And Robo Rally, awesome creative game as well. Uh, overall, I would bl- put the blame on Valve for 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 um, what's that game called? Artifact. Artifact. Not yeah. Richard Garfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get the sense they brought him on for consultation and asked if they could use the name in, in the in the product to help sell it. I think that's what happened there. But most of the time, he's making his own kind of you know he's he's a to z making his stuff so, so this, this is an interesting review ludo kuklater says probably the best fully released roguelike deck builder since monster train i love that it's not just slay the spire combat but they added a somewhat unique positional element by having your switch or having you switch your heroes between the back and front rows for all sorts of tactical effects the overworld exploration part feels very rewarding and is varied and is interesting blah blah, blah. yeah it seems like good 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 vibe oh, so far the, Fer- the, the ferraria guys made this too yeah same okay. uh, for, yeah the ferraria guys and then him however you say that game. okay so the, the the one thing is like if you, if you see the combat animations in this it mm-hmm. does look like slay the spire but with better graphics yeah with art with actual art not stick people yeah <laughs> the, like the art the art just looks i don't know more fantastical it gives more of an impression like but it does definitely still look like a slay the spire style like i think yeah, I don't know. I'm, I want to play this post-haste. Yeah, I, I do it too. It's really also, good. it looks like the art style is a step up from even Monster Train, which also was similar to that. Um, the animation just looks a little better. I think it looks really cool. I kind of want to play it. Twenty four ninety nine on Steam. I wonder if I can get a code for that. I'll try. All right. Um, all right. Where were we here? That's, the, that's it. That's games we played. And, oh, uh, I had one more thing to say. Sorry. Right, go ahead. I also bought Trials of Fire. I just didn't get a chance to play it. Oh, yet, I hear that's I'll good be- also. I'll be reviewing that soon too. <laughs> Wait, maybe I. Oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah, that one's supposed to be. It's free. like a D and D card deck. It's like a deck builder and a D and D session. Yeah, there's like a whole board, and right, and a grid and uh, the grid. There's like story and decision making, like all of them, but it just seems to lean into the tabletop aesthetic. Like it's like playing on a D and D map yeah. as you play the cards. It's yeah. less graphical, I guess. But sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. Uh, watch for more on that coming soon. Okay, we have one of these. That's a good question. Quick email from a listener. This is, uh, where is it here? Will wrote in. <clears throat> he sent this to talk to the core at gmail.com. That's the email address you should all keep and use and whatever because we'd love to hear from you. He says, regarding invisible ink versus ink, and he's spelling it I-N-K versus I-N-C. The actual name of the game is I-N-C. Uh, he says, hey, Scott, jo- uh, John, and Bo. I thought you guys might find the story amusing and a halfway decent prompt for a discussion. I've been listening to Scott talk about how much he likes Invisible Ink for the last couple of years across a range of podcasts. However, due to a quirk in my brain, I have been hearing it as Invisible I-N-K. Like, you know, that's the whole play on words. Oh, 
That is the play on words. That's the yes. play on words. Because in the thing, Invisible Ink is a corporation of sneaky spies that get hired to do dirt, uh, you know, that nobody else wants to do. Yeah, it's a, it's a very it's a clever pun. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's name. It's very good. But yeah. it's INC. Anyway, he says, in imagining a Limbo-esque game that somehow merges stealth and ink into a high concept, side-scrolly way. Uh, and since I'm less excited about that idea than John is about the Limbo follow-up game, I never looked into it. Until this morning, when I noticed Scott's tweet about Invisible INC. So, after uh, I got past feeling like a moron, I picked it up on Steam because it looked awesome. My question for you guys is this. Have you ever avoided a game you ultimately came to enjoy because you completely misunderstood what it was at first? Thanks for taking the time to read this. And if you do, a good question. Uh, thanks regardless. Uh, thanks for all you do in your podcasting. Core is the highlight of my podcast listening week. Take care, Aww. Will. Well, thank you, Will. It's very nice of you to say. So, yeah, all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think of a recent one. Um, I have one that's kind of it's kind of the reverse. It was a weird case of I was a kid on the playground talking to another kid, and we were both excited about we both loved JRPGs. Yeah, and it was a case of I had bought one game, and he had bought another game, and we were just wanting to talk about the games we played which were two separate games, but I accidentally assumed was the same game, which was I had bought Chrono Trigger, he had bought Breath of Fire 2, we were sitting there, and I thought he was telling me about all this fantastic stuff that I was going to do in Chrono Trigger. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this game really goes to some weird places. He's like, yeah, there's one spot where you're going through an arena and they're going to cook you and they're going to try and eat you. And I was like, that thematically doesn't really match up with what I've done so far, but this is interesting. All yeah. right. Um, and then eventually I figured out, yes, I was looking at the wrong game, but it did get me to buy Breath of Fire 2, which mm-hmm. is a game I like very much. Yeah. Uh, I will say for me, it was an entire genre. And it's funny because it's related to this conversation. I used to, in the 90s, really piss piss on anytime anybody said turn-based anything. Um, if you said, hey, have you played Heroes of Might and Magic 3? I'd say, lame. The world's all about real time, baby. You played StarCraft? Well, get out of here because the future is real time, not turn-based. This is old. Bleh. Like, I just poo-pooed on turn-based concepts. RPGs, tactics games, didn't matter. I I, I acted like it was all poop. Um, I was wrong. And it's one of my favorite genres now, like across the board and has been for a very long time. But it took me, I don't know, I can't remember what the game was that turned me. Something turned me and I went, I'm never not playing this again. And I can't believe I was such a poop about it. It may have been, um, oh, geez, it might have been Age of Wonder, Age of Wonders, which is kind of similar to. uh, That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That or there was uh, Rise of Nations, which I think was a turn based game that I think got a lot of people into it. I thought that was RTS. I could be wrong. But anyway, the, the, um, but yeah, like a game turned me on to it and I went, oh, I get it now. And not only do I get it, I prefer it. And now I don't, I want nothing to do with RTS games. They're not interesting to me at all. Uh, outside of a MOBA, like Heroes, and even then I'm picky. Um, I'd much rather play XCOM, Gears Tactics, almost any anything in that setting. And we talked earlier about the, not Metal Gear, <laughs> Metal Slug, um, you know, coming in that form or whatever. That's so much more interesting to me than Metal Slug ever was. So I had a complete turnaround on on that kind of game. Now, some of you are going, Scott, what about your 
hatred of uh, terror defense. No, I know I hate that. I'm not confused there. I haven't just put it off to the side and said, I'm never going to try it. I've tried plenty and I hate it every time. So don't be coming at me with your, <laughs> with your tower defense arguments. Uh, Bo, I'm looking like- at it. Mine, it might've been rise of nations. It was a, it, you're right. It was RTS, but it had uh turn-based elements, like uh, an overarching turn-based uh, top level to it. And I think that might have been the first time I ever tried it because oh. I was in the same, I was the exact same as you. So Interesting. Yeah, I played a bunch of Rise of Nations and maybe that's what I'm thinking of. You might be right because I did play a bunch of that. But there was a time where I was just like, no, the new world is RTS. That's the whole point. Computers can now do this in real time. We don't have to wait for each other. I can't believe I used to think that way. There's so much power and magic in games. D&D, for example. Like, no one wants to play real-time D&D. I mean, unless you're playing an action, you know, like Diablo, that is kind of real-time D&D. But you know what I mean. Like, as much as I love that, I love action RPGs, I love all that stuff, I'd much rather play a game where I'm like, all right, what do we got? Okay, that guy just popped this. I need to do this. These card games Bo was just talking about, it's all my jam now. So, yeah, I was wrong. And I'd be happy to admit it. uh, What's yours, Bo? Yeah, Bo, what'd you say? I don't know. I'm having a hard time thinking about that. I tend to know about games, and then I guess he said games that we're wrong about. Um, like right, like that. Like they'd be like, "Oh, that looks like crap," and then we play it, and we're like, "Oh my god, it's the best thing ever." Is that, is that like, like if you or or that you got confused? In, in his case, he avoided okay. it because he thought it was something totally different, and then you I found think, out later. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about different, but I know I avoided World of Warcraft for the longest time. Like, oh, interesting. That's the example that comes to mind because I play Planetside, and people were leaving to go play World of Warcraft at the time. If you were into another MMO. And World of Warcraft came out and everyone was going to play it. It was irritating. <laughs> like, because, you know, you like spent time in this game, you know. So I remember I didn't really have a hate on for it. But like, I remember being like, well, I don't play World of Warcraft. Like, yeah. I play Planetside. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up playing it and was like, oh, my God, this game's really fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I, I'm hanging out in uh, in Razor Hill or whatever and just killing things and getting loot. And I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't I play this sooner? It seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. So I I definitely knew I avoided it. But it's one of those things that people – I don't know if it happens as much in 2021. But I remember it being a thing where people were pretty loyal to the game worlds they they were sub to and spent all their time in. Oh, so. yeah. Even like throwaway action stuff. If you, you were either Quake guy or you were an Unreal guy and you fought with the other side, you were very tribal, tribalistic about that. Yeah. So I think age and maturity, that changes it. I know it ch- changed for me a lot in gaming with the kinds of things I accept now. And wow. Also, know. if your game fails, like Planet Side went from being very massive to not so massive. So it was, you know, you end up moving, right? Yeah. Wherever the hot, hot spot is. Sure. Like people are now looking at Final Fantasy 14, I guess. That's, that seems to be the jam at the moment. Uh, look at John. He's the tip of the spear, baby. Leading the, leading all those lemmings into the fire. It's good. It's good to watch. It's a good game. Like, whatever. Like, if you would have told me five years ago, uh, guess what? That uh, new Final Fantasy game might actually topple WoW's numbers in 2021. I probably wouldn't have believed you. But they're doing it. By all accounts, as best we can tell, because no one shows numbers anymore, but... They seem to be the du jour at the moment. They definitely have a lot of goodwill in the public. For sure. Here. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure anyone will blizz, anyone at a, in that situation where they were previously in goodwill and now no longer 
Pat, it's probably not something that's going to last forever. So enjoy their, they should enjoy their heyday while they can. Shave Maddox makes a, he makes the perfect comparison because basically what the emailer said, he says, for the longest time, I assumed that World of Warcraft was just another RTS. So that's kind of more like what this guy ran into. Yeah. And why not? Like, it's always been an RTS. And if you're not interested in, in a way that's, you know, going to teach you anything else about it, you, I think that's a perfectly normal, you know, assumption. I think the most shocking thing about Warcraft was to find out how action at the time how action the the combat was mm-hmm. right like pushing mm-hmm. the hotkeys and stuff because yeah. most MMOs would be pick you know Final Fantasy XI was pick your move yeah I saw Ultima online I didn't play much of it I didn't really play the other ones but it, I had sort of had the sense where fighting was mainly auto attacks and stuff and anyways uh, it felt like it felt you know World there's a moment in time where I, me- I remember thinking. World of Warcraft feels like Diablo, but just your damage really sucks. Yeah. So you have to fight things one at a time. But, it, you know, it felt like I'm pushing buttons and doing things. Um, it was really great at the time. Yeah. Is this RuneScape? No, this is Ultima Online. You said that, and I just like, I got to look at that again. I mean, the MMO I played the most for Planetside was probably Tibia, which is a German oh, cheap t- thing that I think oh, is still running. Geez. Yeah. But I would actually, that was at a time when internet was new. I was on a 486 or something, or maybe a Pentium 1. And the concept of being in a general chat was new. So I was like socializing a whole bunch in the chat. It was mainly to get on general chat and just talk to strangers. And when that kind of thing was new, now we have Twitch streams of the waterfall of actual garbage. So it's all gone to crap. But Tibia was my first MMO. I forgot about Tibia. My first one was um, Anarchy Online. First one I ever played. Uh, and then my, my second first one was so crappy. Yeah. My first one was Asheron's Call. I thought I was buying EverQuest. I bought the wrong game. <laughs> that was another one. <laughs> That's a perfect another one for this for this whole email. That's amazing. I thought I was yeah. getting EverQuest. I got Asheron's Call. I saw I saw on I think it might I was you know whatever G4 was at the time. I can't remember if it was GameSpot TV or whatever at the early early days i saw some special on everquest and was like oh my gosh i gotta get this game and i forgot the name on the trip to the store I was like i think this is it this is the mmo says it requires an internet connection yeah i think this is it bought it and was like this doesn't look like the thing they <laughs> they showed and the funny thing is the thing that got me that made me want to play mmos yeah. was i watched the 13th warrior oh that movie and great. i was like I was like, this is what an MMO is. It's a group of people. I'm going to be like Antonio Banderas. And I'm going to just join this group of people and go on a really cool quest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, that's what that's what me got, got me excited about MMOs. And then I bought the wrong one. And Ashron's yeah. Call, I'm looking at some video. Oof. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Oof. it was... Yeah. It was rough, and I just remember thinking it looked so good. Uh, I, uh, I think the game, historically, that I was the most wrong about, because I was so convinced it was going to be one thing and it wound up being something else, was that uh, Doom. The, oh, the kind yeah. of remake of Doom. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, we had heard that they weren't sending out review copies for that game to anybody, and nobody knew what it was, and you and I had watched the E3 announcement of it, and I was like, this looks like the most bland, generic, just like, yeah, you just shoot stuff game I've ever seen. It doesn't look good. 
and I was convinced that game was going to be awful. And I, I had to super eat crow on that one. Cause not only did we end up buying it that night, cause we heard such good things about it. Uh, but it's one of my favorite games that has ever been made. It's really good. Wow. Um, looking at some video also of Asheron's call. Boy, this stuff is ancient, man. Oh man, that looks good. That, I mean, that's compared like to what it looked like when I played it. What you're showing right now looks way better. Yeah, this is somebody's, you know, obviously playing a widescreen here and they probably up the the graphics a bit. In fact, I see this is at 1440p, but but yeah, it was just a different time, man. We were about to get real refined real quick around this time. And as much as everybody loves City of Heroes so much, that thing's ugly. Oh my gosh! Yeah, City of Heroes. But you know what else I mean, is kind of ugly? Is Wow? I mean, Wow's kind of ugly. They do the best they can, and it looks pretty good for what it is. But you know, these games get old. It's fine. Yep. It's what you do. Our fidelity has gotten a lot higher since, and it's hard not to notice it. It's hard not to notice, and it's hard not to notice awesome emails when we get them. So I want to send a big thanks out to Will for his awesome email. Send those emails into core, or sorry, talk to the core at gmail.com and we'll read them right here on the show. Uh, quick reminder, all of our E3 coverage went up in MP3 format on the feed here. So on the core feed, you'll be able to find all that stuff that we did for the various shows we watched last week. So if you want to get that live commentary, it's there. There's no video versions because DMCA takedowns were real, and uh, I was not up for a second strike on my Twitch account or my YouTube account. So I said nay. So those don't exist, but the audio does, and you can go check it out on the feed if you are so inclined. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget, we are funded entirely by your goodwill over at patreon.com slash core show. And without it, I don't even know if there's a show. We need it. We need it to keep the lights on. So if you haven't done it before, check it out today. Patreon.com slash core show. And you can find more stuff like this at frogpants.com slash core. Uh, also, why not give us a follow on Twitter? We'd like to say stuff things there. Or say stuff things. Say things. Stuff things. Say stuff, stuff, things. stuff there. Uh, Bo Schwartz on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson. John underscore Jagger for John. And of course, the show at Core Pod. I think it's going to do it for us. John, any final words before we go? I just want to say stuff things. Stuff things. Bo, follow that up. What do you got? Uh, Undeliverable. That's all I got. (laughs) Undeliverable. (laughs) That's it, everybody. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time right here on Core. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.